0: The state of combat podcast always has you covered. My name is the Brian Campbell. Wow, folks, it is, of course, the uh, we're in the hangover of all things Fury Wilder, two. Hope you enjoyed the fight. Hope you enjoyed our coverage over the weekend, including not not just the uh, the preview pod, the media day interview pod, the instant analysis Saturday evening pod. But we are back early this week. Right, We do the morning board call early to give you the reaction to what's next, Deontay Wilder's first public statements, all that. But it doesn't end there, guys, okay? Because what they had right here is they had a full package. Who else in boxing is going to give you that? This podcast, the SOC, we've got chats with Eddie Hearn. Not only setting the stage for Saturday's Mikey Garcia-Jesse Vargas fight in DAZN, but really talking about how we can make this work, which is Anthony Joshua against the winner of Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder 3. How Eddie will get in the Manny Pacquiao sweepstakes. A lot of great stuff to talk about. But no, it doesn't end there. We've got Roy Jones Jr. who's going to set the stage for Friday's showbox card in Las Vegas on Showtime and uh, do Roy Jones things, okay? He's not getting up, Jim. He he will be getting on this podcast today. But the guy you really come to see, right? No no no, it's Rafe Snight. It is Rafe Bartholomew. He is a New York Times best selling author. My co-host. Can't wait to chat with him. Uh he loves cruiserweights. You know the guy. Let me lick you. Let me lick you up.
1: Let me lick you. down. me you Let me lick you up. you down. Let oh. me, lick you down.
0: Like you oh, let me
1: Boom, mm. boom,
0: boom, boom! Rafe, you got any hot takes from the Kobe funeral?
1: Kobe, how does my ass taste? No, no,
0: no, no! Dwyer, come on!
1: I, I, um, I was wondering if Rich would go down to L.A. to to j- give a speech as well, because well, we saw his his tribute video and it was magical.
0: Uh, he that man has more jerseys than I do, Rafe. I would love to see. I would love to peep that collection. Okay. Do you have a lot of jerseys, Brian? Yes, I am. A, I only collect one thing in life, and it's replica NBA jerseys, typically from the 90s. Usually, the you know, the remember when Champion was the maker of those? Champion? Uh-huh. Uh, so I have a, a a sick drawer of them that I wear every week when I play hoops. And by the way, tonight I'm making my hoops comeback for all you people that all right, care th- about just
1: that. Stop. This, is, this, is, this is Deontay's night. Let's no, no, no,
0: no, 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 uh, no. I just wanted to tell you, Rafe, that I have Yinka Dare's Nets jersey, Sean Bradley's '76. 76ers jersey, uh, Cherokee Parks on the Mavericks. I've got some classics, Rafe, okay? <laughs> Cherokee Parks, good lord. But we know whose night it is, I know. Hold on, Sean. Hold on, hold on. Sean, this is Danny's night. Hold on, Sean. Wait, hold, hold on. Really on. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, all right, all right. We know. Well, you know, we know who we should be talking about, right? And you realize,
2: oh, that's Danny.
0: It is. It is. It is indeed. All right. Okay. Yep. Danny. Got it.
2: This is all about Danny. He's had a big, busy year. He wants to go out on a bang, literally on a bang, and do the business.
0: Danny always looking to do that. Uh, Rafe, it's actually uh, Tyson's weekend, week. Lots to talk about with that. Lots to talk about with Deontay Wilder and where we go ahead. Uh... We got Roy Jones today. Do you know how hard you have to hit a man in the eye to break his bone and get him back on a podcast, Rafe?
1: Quite hard. Quite hard, Brian. It hurts to get hit in the eyeball like that. Uh,
0: Rafe, the Super Bowl of boxing may have happened on Saturday, but the Super Bowl of professional football was just a few weeks ago. I don't know if you watched that. You know, I don't know if you got all tongue-tied with Shakira, but I wanted to let you know, Rafe. Tyson
1: Fury did some Shakira action there in the fight on Saturday. He
0: did some, uh, remember Kingpin, that creepy lady?
1: Oh, yeah. The landlady. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, (laughs) Roy. (laughs) Rafe, I wanted you and our listeners to know that even though the NFL season is technically over, the season doesn't stop. Okay? It's a year-round thing. All right? And the CBS Sports Pick 6 NFL podcast is already focused, Rafe, on 2020, both the season and The draft coming up, Rafe. I want you to follow their coverage this week from Indianapolis for the Underwear Olympics. What the heck is that? Oh, a.k.a. the NFL Combine, Rafe, as the Pick 6 Pod gives you daily updates all the way through the offseason. Monday's episode features a Combine Super Preview getting you ready for what and who to watch this week. Download and subscribe to the Pick 6 Pod anywhere you find fine audio. And please tell them, that BC sent you. All right, Rave, I know Thank you're you, fired Brian, up.
1: I'm actually going to be covering the Underwear Olympics for uh, Dog Pound USA. I will be there with the cameras out, guns out as well.
0: Uh, wow. How many I think you just came out. Wow. All right, Rave. Uh <laughs> Uh, I was going to ask you how excited you are for the Lions chances in 2020. And I don't mean,
1: I don't mean Jermel Charlo. Okay. I, I, look, I'm, I'm wearing my Lions only sweatpants. So, you know, I'm excited. You already know I'm
2: excited. Uh... Ah, Brian. Hey man, y'all got to get on the phone with, uh, Oof. Dozen, dozen,
3: a dozen couple okay, fighters DAZN. with a dozen couple losses. DAZN. They're going
0: to be whatever we call them. Thank you. Thank you, Jamal. We will be and talking I don't got to about
1: zone stuff.
0: Eddie Hearn, of course, about the zone. A lot to talk about. Big show today. Big. Show. I don't mean Paul White, right? The, the, the giant. I mean, a big show today. Indeed. I ain't got that DAZN. big. Big show. Big, big, I, I, small man. I, I, I listen to State of Combat every day. Okay. Brian.
1: I need to, you're doing it again. You're something about Eastern European and Central Asian, Russian speaking ath- athletes who you mix them up all the time. You're just like you do the I love cannabis, and hello, my boxing friends. This is, these are two separate food quotes. All right. All big, right, my big stick. <laughs> yeah, well Rafe. He's you, he's doing well to, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a I'm my driving fast. Oh god,
0: sit belt Susan. Would you rather sit next to Sergey Kovalev <laughs> in a sports I,
1: car or sit next it. to
0: him on a plane, Rafe? Your choice really. Oh,
1: I thought I thought you said who would you rather ride shotgun no, with nothing, uh, him no. or EJ? No. Good God, come on.
0: Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Alright, yeah. Fighting over. Alright, alright. Right. You
1: interrupted you I'm I you need to get it straight. Usyk is big, big stick and Golovkin is I eat stick every day. I'm I'm little guy.
0: Okay, 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 okay. I do have uh life advice for you from the one and only Vladimir Klitschko Rafe. I don't know if you saw that the TMZ report that uh uh Hayden's new man like got into like a
1: fight with her. Did you see that?
0: Oh, no. Something like that. That's not all right. All right, here's Vlad's advice on the situation.
1: Be different or die. Please don't die. But be different. Why different? Because if you're different, you're special.
0: Wow. Wow, Rafe. All right. Yes. 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 Yes.
1: It is good. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're feeling it. Yes. All right. All right, Rafe. Um, you know what I found? I found some like old emails you had sent me of like dwyer sound that I've never apparently ingested, and I'm trying to slowly add them into the mix and it's great. I love it. Oh, uh, do you have an update on on Richie?
1: Where where is he at? Did he fit did the mo did he complete the move? Well, I watched his recap video of um, Wilder Fury two, and obviously, look, his hedge bet paid off in spades. He bet the under, and he bet on Fury to win. So that's two, two. That's a double. That's a double kebab for Richie. And he's looking good. He looks like he is in a permanent, a permanent residence right now. And was wearing kind of like a a Sherpa hoodie, but look almost looked like a fur. Um, was that the so, video with the broken blinds behind him? He's he's still that's getting that's the one. Yeah, all right. Complete box office. Bonanza. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Indeed. All right. uh, Rafe, we're going to get into our reaction to Deontay Wilder's reaction to the great rematch from Saturday night. And we're going to do that right after we pause for a word from our friends and sponsors.
1: (laughs) Dig it.
0: And we're back, B.C., Rafe Bugs still to come, big-time interviews with Eddie Hearn, Roy Jones Jr. We will find out if Rafe Bugs cares. Let's immediately find out your care level to the latest news, Rafe. I'm not going to call it a surprise, but Deontay Wilder went public doing interviews with your website, theathletic.com, and also with Kevin Ioli of Yahoo, and saying, fellas, I back. Trust me, i back. I'm going for that third fight. I'm kicking in that rematch clause. I'm hoping it's this summer. And here's a little double down for you. Mark Breland made the wrong call, and he might be off the team for it. Wow, Rafe. lot to unpack there. So why don't I act like TSA and fire your bag at you? All right? You got, you got, you got to play with the bag, right? A little bit. And uh, why don't you unpack this for me?
1: Uh, okay.
0: Um well. well that, that was other... weird. That was a weird setup. It was a weird does TSA transition? fire bags at people? What does
1: that mean? TSA people, they they don't they're not nice with your stuff, all right? That's true. That's true. They can get a little handsy too, and if you ever have to you ever get pulled over for the random search. Not not the not a little bit invasive, but it's it's for the common good, Brian. Um look. I um I you you know, we've been online. I have looked at Twitter. I'm sure you have, I'm sure our listeners have People are having a field day with Deontay Wilder's comments about the fight, the stoppage, the criticism of Mark Breland, the um, excuses he's been making, saying that um, he, he in the Ioli story or maybe maybe it was Lance's story in The Athletic. He, there's a, uh, Keith Ideck has a couple of stories on boxing scene, a great website Um <laughs> <laughs> the journalist. Keith Idek, Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. Yes. Actually, yes. Um, But um, the excuses that I've read and seen so far are that his outfit with the batteries and lights was 45 pounds and weighed him down and took his legs away, which I guess uh, JD's mentioned on fight night after the fight. It's not a great one. Um, He mentioned that Anthony Durrell, who was once trained by Sugar Hill, was yelling to stop the fight. In the corner behind Mark Breland, who once trained under Emmanuel Stewart, who was Sugar Hill's nephew, and that there is some sort of C O N conspiracy possibly going on. I don't know about wait, that one. What was there a man in a black hat? I don't understand this. What's happening? Did I mean I don't know if you can follow that. I don't know if I can follow it. So wait, Andre Durrell? A- the, 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 Anthony Durrell, the dog, the dog, my guy, my guy, Your guy. The, the, dog. Dog. the dog, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Was in the crowd, I guess, uh, you know, somewhere nearby behind Wilder's corner. He heard some people were telling Wilder, you know, his people were saying that Darrell was yelling stop the fight around the sixth round or out maybe of, in between out of the care. sixth and seventh. Out of right. care for when, his when brother. Wilder looked done and defenseless and in the corner when he couldn't sit up straight and J.D.'s is in there just saying delusional stuff like you got to back him up, throw the right. Oh, OK, I can't look you in the eye, uh, but you're, he's going to back up a 270 pound, six, nine guy having the night of his life. Um, but in any case, so the the, the story that Wilder told Idick at boxing scene is that he was told by, you know, people on, on his team or, you know, friends that were at the fight that Anthony Durrell was in the crowd screaming, stop the fight, stop the fight loud enough for Mark Breland to hear, and because Breland, although he's from New York, you know, was a Kronk fighter, was trained by Emanuel Stewart during, I don't know about all of his career, but certainly points of his career. Um, and Anthony Durrell is from Michigan, he's from Flint, and has been trained by Sugar Hill. Therefore, Whoa. there was some sort of Whoa. bizarre connection. There They were in cahoots, essentially, Or there's some at least suspicion to support their Detroit brother, Javon
0: Sugarhill Stewart. They would double cross their PBC brother
1: to force a third. I mean, I mean, what's happening here? It's not a great it's not a great excuse, Brian. Um, And then, of course, he's also blaming Kenny Bayless for not doing more to protect him from. Tyson Fury's infighting, dirty tactics, dirty boxing, whatever you want to call it. Even though Bayless um, gave Wilder e- Yeah, every... even though he deducted a point and gave and appeared to be going out of his way to find ways to give Wilder time to recover during the fight, missed at least one, maybe two knockdowns, arguably, and it, in general has been much more widely criticized for his pro-Wilder apparent stance in the fight than his anti-Wilder stance so that uh, there's a lot coming out these narratives aren't good but look what I was going to say and and I understand why fans are criticizing Wilder are rolling their eyes are clowning these 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 excuses a little bit we don't like it when fighters make excuses I I, I've I've been through down this road with you I'm pro excuse I don't I just if that's how you feel that's what you need if, if that's honestly if that's what it's not if Deontay Wilder needs to believe that, even though I don't believe it, I think he's full of BS in this case. Well, first he should speak it, Rafe. <laughs> yeah, he is. He has spoken it. Okay, he believes it, and he is believing all right, it. Maybe he'll receive it. All right, we'll see. But if if this is what he needs to do, especially because that he intends to go into a third fight, either in the summer or the fall, then if the only if if the best thing, way for him to get ready for that fight is to lie to himself. Then we fight on that lie. I get it. You do what you got to do. I disagree. It's he's full of he's full of he's full of crap. All right. These are bad excuses. He lost. He got beaten by a man who had he had no answers for, and it was one of the. I mean, I I've watched the fight a couple times now since Saturday night, and uh, again legally. legally? Always, okay. always.
0: Okay, just checking.
1: Just checking. Yeah. no, I still have, look. Thankfully, that is one of the nice things ESPN has kept it available on my stream. You know, I can just queue it up. It's on demand. My that eighty dollars uh, is is paying dividends. I don't know why I decided to to rhyme that for no reason at all. Um, but Brian, um, no, I just wanted to double down on on what an amazing performance that was by Tyson Fury. We've all said it before, but I we could say it again. The that to to implement a style of fighting that he'd never done before in such a high level fight against such a dangerous opponent and basically do it flawlessly boss him around and and put and and prove exactly what he said he could do to Wilder um it was it was masterful and you know you remember i i guess what i'm leading to here is you were asking me before uh, the other day if i think You know, let's talk history. Where does he rank? That kind of stuff. I actually think I'm, I was, I was too conservative. Let's talk Tyson Fury. Yeah, he is historical because in this era of boxing, we're probably never going to get a heavyweight champion who has the full package resume speaking, right? Because there's just too much politics. There's too much shenanigans. You're probably not going to get a guy who fights everyone and dominates everyone and has the ironclad resume that you can compare to the greats of 20 or 40 years ago. So if you see a guy like Tyson Fury who shows up and has these masterful performances on the biggest nights of his career and overcome and does stuff that you that, that a lot of people thought was just flat out impossible and has won in different styles in, in many of his biggest fights. Yeah, he is, he, he, he's, he's, an all, he's an all-time great, not an all-time great talent. Fury's not a good heavyweight. He's not even a very good heavyweight. He's a historical heavyweight.
0: Wow, uh, so but Brian, so, sorry. So, to, to, so to, to, Dwyer and myself were day one ish.
1: On you were, so, yeah. But then know. you fell off the wagon because you know you got a little, you, you took it a little personal that that Fury didn't no, no, no. reciprocate your no, didn't. your your tongue action
0: on him. It didn't. It didn't happen. I know. I know what you're thinking, but oh, it, it did happen. No, 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 Rafe. It, it, it happened. It, it, Rafe, Rafe. It did. It, it. It was not. You know. You know, know It know we did
1: exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Seriously. You you can say you don't know what I'm talking about. But But I'm seriously saying it. And you know it did exist. No, I don't
0: know. All right. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Funny funny little (laughs) soundbite here for a transition.
2: Fighting Deontay Wilder is like giving a seven-year-old an (laughs) AK-47 in a room. Fully loaded. I was gonna say, yeah, that's what it's like.
0: Shout out to that uh, Brit podcast you sent me. That from that's right, Bunsy
1: and Costello. Uh, Let me hit this hard.
0: Let me hit this hard, Rafe. The news here—you covered a lot, and you're right. Uh, It is Tyson's night. It's Tyson's weekend. It's Tyson's career, year, legacy, history, all that. Wilder did what we thought he would in kicking in this rematch clause. I think it's the right call. It's the same spot I think AJ was in after the Ruiz fight, where it's like, well, if you don't take this, then where the hell are you going next, right? I also think that people are right when they're basically saying this was the best night of Tyson's career and without question the worst night of Deontay's. And whether it was 10% that outfit weighed him down, 10% uh, fury in his head and he's froze once again against a guy who has his number, and 10% personal issues, 10% leg injury, 10% ear dripping blood, all that comes together to uh, to 100% his worst night of his career. I, I do stand by the things I've been saying, that he'll be back, he'll be in this third fight, he'll be a live dog. um, Dude, I think he does, for as much as we're saying Fury has legendary mental toughness, and he does, and will, and he's a fighting man and all that. Dude, I think Wilder is programmed to be a, like, you know, a classic old school heavyweight. Like, he is, you know, this whole death stuff he's
1: playing out. Is uh, well, we should not glorify that at all, Brian. Well, well, he's okay, He's but, crazy to criticize his corner for not letting him die in a ring. I'm going to get to that in a second. Is.
0: You're you're right. You're right. I just want to say though, whether he's right or wrong in saying that, um, I don't because he's so mentally tough. Because that's the way he's he's framing this. Because he's going public now and saying, look, my team, my camp, my family, my eight kids, or sorry, six kids, right? I. I don't know. Uh, my 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 lots of kids. We've all had these
1: conversations
0: that it could happen. You
1: believe that? You but, well, believe here's that, that the deal, he told his children, "Daddy." Yes. Yes. Wants to die in the ring rather than raise you. But yes, here's, I do. at least you're gonna be millionaires. You you think so, that, he, that that conversation occurred. Yes, I do. Because while there's a different dude. Then then, uh, then Daddy Campbell must be smoking some pot coin.
0: Oh, how dare you, Rafe? I mean, seriously, at this point in our lives where we're at in the, sorry has, did,
1: did going to Nevada a legal marijuana state? Uh, how, is that I still mean, is it still in your system, Brian?
0: Hey, let me use some heroin. Whoa, whoa, come on. I mean, you, this, Please don't die. More beer for me. That's where it was. Okay, that's where it was. So here's my what I'm saying. I'm not glorifying what Wilder's saying. I'm not saying it's the right thing to say. I'm saying because of that, it shows you the person he is, and it leads me to believe he will find a way to be back in the third fight, and he won't be as awful as he was in the second one, and Fury may not be end up being as perfect as he was in the second one because of how things work out. Now we transition to Wilder's comments and throwing Breland under the bus and going, like, not doubling down, like triple, quadruple, going ham on the life or death thing. Um, Yeah, he's taking it too far, Rafe. I mean, they're killing Mark Breland. And they're saying, look, Mark knew about this. And I'm going to keep that Darrell conspiracy thing on the side. I I didn't read up on
1: it. I I can't speak on it. But this is the thing, Brian. You're talking about, oh, and it's true. Look, he, 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 he... we've seen Wilder's toughness in the ring on multiple occasions and that is probably the only thing you can credit him for doing well in this fight is, is that he's he is he was surviving he was you know he was out of the fight he basically had no chance of winning but he showed us so much guts even to keep coming out when he had nothing left but Brian couldn't you uh, and look i don't really i don't really believe that either is a, a is a is a mark of great character or poor character. But if you were trying to assassinate his character, you could say, Yeah, he's tough in the ring, but what's he talking about now? I mean, he is he is making every excuse in the book. Yeah, look at him now, Rafe. But look at him now. Look
0: at him now. That's all that breed is one right here. Look at us now. That- um look, I've got no problem with you criticizing everything Wilder said and did, and him going public and being like You know, Breland knew better. The whole team knew better. Well, if you have to fire Mark Breland because of this, then that's a monster character flaw on your side because obviously he was looking out for him. I know we ended up finding out through Kevin Ioli's reporting that there was no broken jaw. There was no broken eardrum. There was a two centimeter cut inside the ear that kept sort of flowing. And I'm not saying that to downgrade What he went through, but look, the fear of everyone during that sixth and seventh round was like, okay, let's stop this. He's not having any success. He's only going to get beaten to a pulp. So, come on, on that Deontay. That's where I'm doing the come on, Rafe. Okay, he wants to train his kids to believe he can die. I'm not saying I'm not going to comment on that because you can die in there.
1: We've seen it, Rafe. So you know, but that's not what he. Of course, you that that is a serious conversation. That I think is appropriate to have. And look, I, I'm not raising his kids, so it's my, not my job. I should not comment on what is appropriate or not. But that's not exactly what he's saying. He's saying that his family knows that he would rather die than be than than ha, than have a fight stopped that uh, stopped for him, and that um. I don't I think that's I I don't think that's magic I think that's crazy. Um and he's allowed to say and believe and and have that's that's between them but I, it's that's a that's some wild stuff to say. Then maybe it's more
0: like he needs to speak that and believe that so not he can't receive it but he can receive the very best of him in the ring. Maybe it's that more of that, thing, no, okay? and
1: that. That is that is sort of like the the ultimate true the ultimate Strange truth about all this is that if it is what a fighter needs, this fighter needs to do to have his best fighting mentality, you know, he could say, he could basically tell himself anything he wants. It is about how it all comes together in the ring. And ultimately you can apply, even though it's unfortunate and it's unfair to Mark Breland, that logic applies there too, that if he needs to sacrifice this guy who basically saved him and did a very noble and the appropriate thing in this fight – in order to believe in himself and get his best performance in a third fight where he clearly is going to need it, then you can't really argue with the decision on that – on those terms. You can say, look, that sucks. It's unfair. You, you didn't treat him well. But at the end of the day, it's the the fighter in the ring whose life is on the line, whose career is, is up for grabs and and all that. So you just sort of have to roll with it.
3: I'm going to make you my girlfriend.
1: Indeed. Indeed, Mike. Um. Yeah, uh, you nailed it right there.
0: Uh, J.D.S. now, okay? Gun to your head.
1: Jim Brewer, yes.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a fully, fa- that's, that's a fair point right goat, there. Uh, go, goat boy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Um Gun to your head here, that great reference from SNL. Uh, did he make those comments because he believes them or because he was just trying to kiss up to Deontay or a third option, because he's just like, look, I got to back my guy. And I and I give this comparison, and it's not an equal comparison, but remember when Dennis Rodman famously in the 87 playoffs said that Larry Bird would just be another uh, player if he was black and it was controversial, mm-hmm. but then Isaiah came to his like defense and was like, yeah, yeah, I agree with him, I agree with him. And I don't think Isaiah believed that, but I think he was just coming to the defense of his young teammate and taking the pressure off him, and then it led into a big S-storm and then... Bird and Isaiah had to have a press conference together and it was awkward as hell. Do you think J.D.S. is just like, I gotta get my guys back?
1: That may be the case, although I don't it's not. Or maybe he hates is, Mark Breland, bro. Maybe. It's the well, also let's let's remember that j d s his has a dual role, right? He is a co manager of Wilder as with Shelly Finkel, and I guess Al Heyman is an advisor. Um but so he he's both a trainer and a manager, which is a little bit of a conflict, right? Yes. It, it's pretty hard to always look out for the fighter's health and best interest, which is – I think most people would agree. Most fighters would agree. We saw Andre Ward has tweeted and spoken about it very eloquently that this that, – that the trainer – it's it, – because a fighter has to go into the ring and compete as if he's not worried about his own life. It falls on his trainer as well as the referee and and the commission, but his trainer plays a huge role in in safeguarding them and making those decisions and knowing when to to save a guy, when to pull him out. And I think it's dangerous for for J, JDs to to be, um, you know, agreeing with those opinions whether or not it's whether he's just doing it to back his guy or if he's doing it to, uh pump up his guy's his guy's, his guys, guys' mentality to get into a third fight, which will make them all a lot of money, or if he's doing it because it's just how he honestly feels.
0: Well, it's, he pumped it more than once, Rafe. There he is pumps, truth he's on pumping it. It's all about the lube, man. It's all about just getting back, moving, getting back, moving. And then, yeah, looping it. All right, I get that. I get that. Um, Yeah, I mean, he got his guys back for sure. The manager thing is interesting. Uh you know, a lot of people coming for Wilder's team right now and saying, you know, maybe now is the time um, you're not improving. You, you made some improvements, obviously, from the early, early days. But, you know, you break down that fight at length and you realize how remedial, you know, Wilder still is. We already knew that, but you saw it in full detail. So, Rafe, if you
1: and, were. And also, it took someone like Tyson Fury, who was able to impose size yes. on Deontay Wilder. The only man and make, who can do that. Right? Well, you need to be bigger than him. The same weight and height. This, and this reach. ain't Fertha, right? This
0: ain't Marius Walk, right? Those guys can't move, right? Uh, exactly. This ain't and, Valuev. And,
1: well, I, I mean, Valuev could have imposed some size probably. I don't know if he would have won, but. This ain't
0: Jorge Cota.
1: Okay? <laughs> El Demonio, I would not give him a, a good chance in that fight. No, but like, um, it takes it, it all of those flaws. Yes, they were apparent, but you needed someone with the right physical attributes, mentality, and skill, which is a a package of maybe that, or maybe only one person has. We haven't, we never got to see the Joshua fight, and maybe we never will against Wilder. So that that is still a question. But it's something that only Tyson Fury and maybe one other person on the planet can do to make Deontay Wilder. The smaller man and back him up, and and a guy who his entire career in Wilder, who has fought like the bigger man, and all of a sudden didn't know how to deal with someone who was just you know was 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 bossing him in there.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it's all about Wilder. Got to embrace that he's the small guy. Player, this small guy is coming for your title, and he will be this summer. Uh, Rafe, I want to read you some quotes regarding this and get your reaction, okay? The first one is from Teddy Atlas while he was on ESPN's Get Up. Are you ready? Quote, I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but I don't care. Tyson Fury is Muhammad Ali. Nobody is Muhammad Ali, but he's the closest thing because he brings the entertainment. He brings attention to the sport the way the greatest did. He's not as skillful, but he is what boxing needs right now. Tyson Fury is that shot of adrenaline.
1: He's the attention maker. End quote. But not the test maker. No, not the test maker. He's an attention maker. Look, I, I on some level, it's it's sort of um, blasphemy to compare anyone to Muhammad Ali. It seems right, and that's fine. The same way, and there's a lot of a lot of basketball fans who feel like, nope, do not ever compare a soul to Michael Jordan. It's just that that when when you are considered the goat, the greatest, whatever, you, even though of course there's there's Sugar Ray Robinson. Boxing is a little different, but when you that that stature. Um, what you mean to your sport? I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind when people say just don't even go there, man. And, but the, I, I, I see Teddy's point. I don't care. Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury. He's his own All man, right. and it's, I, I'm, I'm. At, it's, a, it's amazing to watch that. And if, and if casual fans, if people who aren't deeply in love with boxing like we are, are starting to catch feels off of that, then great. I hope they do. But. They're not going to make me love it any less than I already do, personally, whether they're in I, or they're
0: out. Personally, I think he's two people at once. Commercially.
1: Oh, Fury, Fury like the new Muhammad Ali.
0: But critically.
1: Tyson Fury is really the six eight six nine version of Terrence Crawford.
0: Indeed, Rafe. Okay, I want to read you the next quote. This comes from promoter Dimitri Salida. You know that that fellow, right? Yeah, top bloke. Uh, quote, neither Vladimir Klitschko or Deontay Wilder, two of the greatest heavyweights of our time, could do to Tyson Fury what Odo Valin did. Odo at 29 years old is only going to get better in every facet of the game. He's on his way to becoming a dominant force in the heavyweight division. He needs a rematch with Tyson
1: Fury. Your thoughts? Yeah, Brian, you could you could read me a dumb quote from any promoter about his fighter, and it would sound like that. Bob Arum is saying Kubra Pulev is going to knock out Anthony Joshua and make it look easy. It's Sure, I mean Valen fought well. He didn't face the same fury that Wilder faced on Saturday night, and uh he still lost. It wasn't that close of a fight. The only the, the drama came from the cut and Valen overachieving to some extent, but still probably losing like nine rounds, right? Are you okay with them putting out that
0: press release and doing the full core press on this though? Sure. Why not? You got to right. get your name out there. Now I want to get your reaction to—I don't know if you caught this during the broadcast—but here was Lennox Lewis's analysis during round three. Rafe, if Deontay doesn't jab, Tyson Fury would jab, and
3: you know Deontay shouldn't allow that—that that he shouldn't allow him to jab before he and him not jabbing, so he should jab with the jabber. <laughs>
1: I look, I didn't catch this in the moment. I didn't catch this on the times. I rewatched it. I didn't I, I I. and then I started seeing it go around on Instagram. I mean it's funny. I obviously not the the greatest point uh an analyst has ever made, but who cares, man? Yeah, yeah, who cares in the end of the day.
0: All right, you know what who does care is uh we got Eddie Hearn. And we got him up next. And it's the a great perfect, Eddie Hearns. It's the, the the great, the great Eddie Hearns. It's a uh the great, the great Eddie Hearns. It's a perfect transition here, Rafe, because the question really is, what's next? Can we make AJ against the winner of this third fight? Can it happen this calendar year? What does Eddie Hearn think about Fury's performance? Does he regret not promoting him? What does he think about Wilder's team not taking that DAZN deal when they had the chance? A lot of good stuff that only eddie can answer for us right here right now on this show i'm fired up
2: you're you're so horny that you've got the exclusive aren't you you're like
0: well it's not an exclusive but it's eddie all right it's eddie heard hard on day
2: i'm not very keen on sucking tarson fury's nuts well you're gonna have a chance you might have to you
0: might have to uh here it is raw and uncensored it's eddie hearn enjoy Eddie Hearn, the international man of mystery, the best dress promoter. Oh, I was
2: wondering what you were going to say then.
0: In boxing history. Are you wearing a waistcoat this fine morning,
2: Eddie? No, I have a track suit on today. All right, all right. Brian. very. People don't realize I, just, I actually like to be in track suits when I'm in the office because I spend my life in a suit.
1: All
0: right, all right. Very J-Lo of you. I can get down with that. Eddie, <laughs> every time we get a chance to talk with you, we leap at it. Because nobody comes more real. Even if you're giving me the used car shtick, I'm here to buy that car, Eddie. So let's get into this. This Saturday, so many topics to hit with you. But this Saturday, you got a big fight. Frisco, Texas, DeZone. It's a welterweight clash. And I'm going to admit, Eddie, when it first got signed, I was like, ooh, I kind of like it. But as time has gone on, I think I love it now. It's Mikey Garcia making a return from the loss to Errol Spence against Jesse Vargas. And I think there's this underbelly theme coming up here. Like, is this a trap fight for Mikey Garcia that we didn't see coming? Yeah, I know. Everyone suddenly doubting yeah, him it's... because of the loss to Spence. How much is that playing into the storylines here entering Saturday?
2: I think, to be honest, I think you've summed that up so well. In fact, I could do with you at the press conference tomorrow. <laughs> um, it was just felt like the right fight at the time. Mikey feels like he still wants to make a statement at 147 pounds, multiple world championship uh, weight winner. And he wants to win a world title at welterweight as well. Jesse Vargas was kind of like one of the first guys to sign with the zone. I felt it was like our responsibility to, to land in that big fight. And since I've landed in that fight, I've not seen Jesse Vargas look or work like this before. He has worked like a dog in his training camp. He's so up for this fight. And as the fight's drawn closer, you're quite right. When it first got announced, people went, hmm, good fight. Now people are texting me, journalists, trainers, fighters. You know what? I think Jesse Vargas is going to win this fight, you know? And he is so up for this fight. It's a fascinating fight. I think a win for Mikey Garcia can take him to the Manny Pacquiao's and the Danny Garcia's and maybe even an Errol Spence rematch, which he wants, but he's got to prove himself on. And for Jesse Vargas, you know, a two-weight world champion who, you know, had a plan to go and operate 154 pounds, we have to think that on the night, Jesse Vargas is going to have a huge size advantage in the ring. But I can't wait to watch Mikey Garcia up close because I've been a fan of this guy for years and years and years. You know, one of the top pound-for-pound fighters in the world, and it's a pleasure to promote him on what is an amazing card. I mean, this is a great fight, but, you know, Yafai against Chocolatito for the WBA world title. Julio Cesar Martinez against Jay Harris for the WBC world flyweight title. Former world heavyweight champion Joseph Parker. Israel Madrimov, one of the most dangerous fighters in the world in a a world title eliminator. Pacheco Espino, going to have over 10,000 in Frisco on Saturday. It's going to be magnificent. And what you just sort of identified there,
0: we don't really, really know if Mikey is a true welterweight. He's won titles in seemingly every division below that. Jesse Vargas coming down from 54. He's a body attacker. This has the potential to be real theater. But I think a lot of people are wondering uh, what came out of the announcement seemed to be the, a one-fight deal for Mikey. Do you feel like you're in the Mikey Garcia business now,
2: or is it touch and go? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have a one-fight deal, but we, ha- we also have an option to match any offer that comes in. So this is just the first fight of many, I believe, between Mikey Garcia and Matrim. He's always done, since his top rank uh, lawsuit, he's always done a one fight deal. So he's, all his fights with Al Heyman have been one fight deals. He's a very smart businessman. And you know, we're looking to gain his trust. He's enjoyed the process so far. We don't tell any lies. Sometimes you might hear things that you don't like from me, but I'm not going to lie to you. So we're very honest. We deliver what we promise. You get paid on time. And and we go out there and we provide a great service for the fighters. And zone are doing a wonderful job. And on Saturday, he has a chance in a wonderful arena down there. Jerry Jones and the team have been phenomenal. Down in Dallas, to, to have a big, big fight. One that could really catapult him into action. And interestingly as well, Brian, when we talk about we don't know if he's a true 147-pounder, he's not. He's not. I mean, that's just the facts. But he's such a... Stubborn little fellow that if you tell him he's not, he wants to prove you wrong. And everyone is saying, oh, you know, you shouldn't have gone to 47 to fight Errol Spence. You're not a welterweight. You can't do it at 147 pounds. He just goes, I'll show you. And I think he really wants to make a statement this Saturday. And I'm excited to see it. Both fighters
0: have told me uh, if they win, they want Pacquiao. Obviously, for Vargas, it would be a rematch. Uh, We know you want to be in the Manny Pacquiao business, uh, the only thing from a outside journalistic point of view is we don't. Does do you know how many fights does he have left with the PBC? Can DeZone get in the Manny Pacquiao business?
2: Well, I'm told none, but who knows? I mean, Manny, Pac- Manny Pacquiao has about 174 representatives <laughs> all around the world. Uh, the latest one being the one who appears to be the most genuine and actually has a signed contract, which is. Aldi Attar from Paradigm, you know, Conor Connor McGregor's representative. So we've had discussions with them. We would love to stage a Manny Pacquiao fight in July in Saudi Arabia. There's ongoing discussions and talks. Obviously, Mikey Garcia wants that fight as well. Jesse Vargas has got other plans. So, yeah, we're definitely in the running and in the hunt for Manny Pacquiao as well. And we feel that, you know, DAZN is providing such a great schedule for U.S. fight fans. When you look at the lineup and you start saying... You know, Mikey Garcia, Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin, Anthony Joshua. Um, you know, it's just nonstop uh, of action. So we're really looking to uh, make a statement by picking up all the elite fighters. And they don't really get more elite than Manny Pacquiao.
0: Uh, when you brought your business to Saudi Arabia for the AJ Ruiz rematch that, that did big business for you late last year, I think as a sort of runoff from when the WWE went over there, people were like, wow, Eddie's selling his soul. I just want to, as a postscript, ask you, did the checks clear and did you have to forfeit any any portion uh, of your soul? Was there a uh, satanic ceremony at all, or, or, or is this just all hullaboo?
2: <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a promote, I'm a boxing promoter, so I wouldn't be the first to sell my soul. But what I will tell you is I would never enter a site agreement without the money up front. And despite all the comments and some criticisms, I couldn't have worked with better partners on that event than the GSA um, and Skills Challenge Entertainment in Saudi Arabia. They promised me they would build a 16,000-seater specifically designed for this fight. They did it. The logistics, the setup, everything was absolutely first first class. It's the first of many. Of course, it was a huge payday for Anthony Joshua and Andy Rees as well. And it was the moment that the Middle East introduced themselves to big time boxing. And it's just the beginning. Now these people have a long term strategy of not just huge events, but also building boxing from the grassroots level, trying to make sure that the young people of Saudi Arabia are active and taking part in sport, trying to grow stars, trying to get Olympians, trying to produce professional fighters. And I'm very pleased to be working with them. And and we look forward to a long relationship with them.
0: Indeed, uh we can see they're they're interesting players when it comes to the idea of making giant fights. I mean, whoever comes to the table with the most amount of money is suddenly a very interesting player, and, like you said, your job is to be a businessman so let's 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 chill out there and let that play out uh just to close on this Saturday's card, Frisco, Texas, to zone. Joseph Parker, of course, will be on there. I'm sure he can work himself back into the heavyweight title plans with a win. But the intriguing player that you mentioned there is the former pound-for-pound for pound king, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Uh, the question is, how much does he have left in the tank? What has your dealings been like with the great Chocolatito, who we, we've we only seen come back once since those two losses to Sri Kets or Rungvisai? To
2: be honest, like again, when I talk about being a fan of Mikey Garcia, I'm I'm probably the luckiest man in, in the world on Saturday where I sit, get to sit and watch some of my heroes, if you like, some of my favorite fighters in Mikey Garcia, and particularly Chocolatito. I mean, the interesting one this time with Chocolatito is he's facing a friend of mine, you know, a guy, a Cal who is the longest reigning British world champion that we have over here. And down at that weight class, you don't often unearth superstars. You don't really get the chance to have marquee fights and legacy-defining fights. Well, this is it for Kaliafi. He's had a few mandatories. He's had other defenses as well, but he's never had that defining moment. Chocolatito, whilst maybe not 100% of his prime, is still 80%, 90% of his prime and very, very dangerous. You know, he's dangerous at 25% of his prime. He's that good. So this is a chance for Kaliafi. Is it good timing? You know, what does Chocolatito have left, left in the tank? If Chocolatito could come out and become a world champion again, it would just be the most incredible story. He's going to have crazy support uh, in Frisco, and everybody loves him, don't they? And uh, it's a very tough fight for both, and a a real 50-50.
0: Indeed. Can't wait to see how Chocolatito looks there. All right, let's get right into it. It's the heavyweight title picture. You're a major player in this, obviously, as the promoter of Anthony Joshua. Uh, Just to update everyone, at this point, fresh off of Tyson Fury's knockout of Wilder, Wilder has activated his rematch clause, which would put them, meaning Fury and Wilder, likely in a summer trilogy bout. Uh, Just want to get your overall thoughts here, Eddie, on Saturday's fight, on Wilder's decision to go for a third, and where we seem to stand separate from AJ from what we saw this weekend. Um,
2: I think, firstly, I mean, in terms of the fight, I think that um, Tyson Fury was brilliant. You know, we know that Wilder is technically not the best, but he's very, very dangerous. And I heard about Tyson Fury's game plan going into that fight, and I didn't like it, to be honest with you. I thought it was a dangerous game plan. I thought he should do what he always tries to do. But actually, it was genius. You know, and I think Sugar Hill and uh, Andy Lee deserve a lot of credit, along with Tyson Fury. Wilder just... Never looked himself. He was absolutely battered in the fight, um, and now, unfortunately, he's come out with the excuse that his ring walk outfit was too heavy, which goes alongside there as as the David Hay one with a bad toe against Vladimir Klitschko. <laughs> so, I think that he has no choice really, but to uh, but to take the rematch because his credibility will be shot if it doesn't. I mean, it might be shot anyway with his comments yesterday, but he can't beat for you. You know, the boxed what. 19 rounds now and he's won three rounds and two of those only because of the knockdowns. So, you know, he he had his soul removed in that fight on Saturday and uh, it's going to be very difficult for him to come back. We want to go straight into the Tyson Fury fight. We want the undisputed fight and if Wilder does exercise that rematch and we have to fight Kubrat Pulev in June, no problem. We will do that and then we want the winner of that fight immediately.
0: Eddie, I feel like Fury... Joshua, if they obviously stay where they're at and build toward this fight. I think it's the biggest, I mean, save, save for like a May two or Conor McGregor against somebody Mm. in some circus fight. I feel like this is the biggest fight you can make globally in boxing without question. Uh, I I, I get you licking your chops. You got two, two Brits. You have the biggest fight in, in, you know, English Uh boxing history. But when you look back on when Wilder and Joshua were both unbeaten, and they it could have happened in the soap opera, and the he said, she said. From your perspective, is it, a, is it all Team Wilder's fault that that fight never happened when it could have? And um,
2: and did I, they I don't s- think I don't think the entire blame can go on their team. Um, I know that we wanted to make that fight, and they received an offer from. I mean, you know, Deontay Wilder has to look now at his financials and realize the offer that he turned down to fight Anthony Joshua, you know, and a three-fight deal, actually, to fight Anthony Joshua would have left him considerably richer than where he is today. You know, Deontay Wilder laughed at Anthony Joshua when he got beat to Andy Ruiz, and we're not looking to do the same. You know, we honestly wish him all the best, but he he messed this up. You know, he got beat. So he never talked, though, even before that fight about Anthony Joshua. He said, I'm not interested in Joshua. How can you not be interested in the other guy that has four belts in the heavyweight division? So I'm pleased that Tyson Fury won, not just because he's a Brit, but because I believe Tyson Fury actually wants to fight Anthony Joshua. And I know that Anthony Joshua wants to fight Tyson Fury. So finally, we may get a chance to do this undisputed fight. And to do it between two Brits will be very, very special
0: in uh, you know no disrespect to wilder who could easily win a trilogy with that kind of power but if we went there if we went there aj fury i mean what's the proper site for a fight this big is it is it cowboy stadium with a billion people in it is it you know in an open field somewhere in england maybe in the desert i mean why, put it on a barge in the middle of the Antarctic. what's the proper setting well, everyone's
2: gonna want it everyone's gonna want it that's for sure um you know, the natural thing to do, the obvious thing to do is to stage it in the UK. But, you know, fighters have advisors, fighters have lawyers, and of course, you know, in the biggest fights of both their careers, money is going to come into it as well. There's no point lying about it. Um, and it's not a case of, you know, people might tweet me and say, oh, they've got enough money. do not really work like that the sport of boxing. This is prize fighting. It's very, very dangerous. But I think if you ask both guys, they would like to do the fight in the UK. But Anywhere, anywhere that's willing and anywhere that makes sense as long as we get the fight.
0: Wow, it is such a fun time to be a a fan of boxing, to be a fan of heavyweight boxing. Here's the key question you got to answer, Eddie, because I'm a, I guess, a respected journalist. I'm kind of a clown, but I'm a respected journalist. And people ask me on live TV all the time, you know, what would it take to make AJ versus Either Wilder or Fury, whoever comes out of this rivalry
2: on top, it takes two. I'll I'll stop you there, Brian. It takes two willing sides. That's what it takes. What about the and you have? There's well
0: the 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 key question from an American television standpoint. I see where ESPN and Fox could get in the same room and say, "We both do pay per view. Mm -hmm. Let's do pay per view together." Would you be able to involve the zone on the American broadcasting side to make a fight with either Fury or Wilder?
2: Absolutely. And that's important to us. You know, they're our partner in America. They've been AJ's partner since the Povetkin fight. And it's not a case of, you know, jumping shit without consideration. We want the zone to be involved in this fight. Absolutely. They're, they're in my opinion, the premier destination for fight sports in the U S and you know, the, The only issue is, you're quite right, is they're not a pay-per-view platform. So what you can't do is do an ESPN pay-per-view and a DAZN $20 subscription with you charging $70 on ESPN. So that's a conversation between ESPN and John Skipper and the team there at DAZN to come up with a solution. But absolutely, we would want to make sure that DAZN are, are involved in this process.
0: All right. I guess those are conversations of smarter people than me who can figure out how these male and female parts mix together to consummate it. But are you basically telling me when there's this much money at stake, they're smart enough, they'll figure
2: it out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we just saw it, Brian, didn't we? I mean, you know, Al Heyman, how many times does Bob Arum want to slag off Al Heyman? <laughs> true. But all true. of a sudden, there's, there's a few 10 millions in the, in the pot and they're best of friends. Everyone's done a great job. We love each other. You know, it's such a fickle business. So if there's enough money, all of a sudden everybody becomes friends. And right. that fight is the biggest fight in boxing. So there will always be a solution between sensible people in broadcasters that have a lot less ego than us, the promoters.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. You'll be doing business, I believe, with Bob Arum coming up with Anthony Joshua's mandatory against Kubrat Pulev. Do, yeah. we, where, do we have uh, updated information on all those particulars for that fight?
2: We're looking at June. Uh, June 20th is a possibility at Tottenham. Stadium in London holds 70,000. Bring AJ home um, first time in uh, three fights. He'll be back in the UK. Finalising the details at the moment. Sort of one eye on the Wilder situation as well. Hoping that might free up. But right now, I guess, planning for Kubrat Pulev and making sure no slip-ups. You know, every fight is dangerous. I've seen Bob Arum's comments about he believed Pulev's going to knock AJ out. And um you know, after the Ruiz uh, defeat, a lot of people think that there's, there's weaknesses there. So let them come and try and exploit them and AJ will be ready for all comers
0: do you think one day and I I say this with respect but I saw the fantastic documentary that uh, put out about the Ruiz AJ first fight Madison Square Garden giant upset a lot of theater there but it didn't get deep into those rumors about what may have caused that loss for AJ will those stories come out in a book one day Eddie because I know they're real I have to believe it
2: no I mean uh, I think that the two things that I will tell you is that one, he was never knocked out in sparring or hurt in sparring. And two, he certainly didn't have any panic attack in a changing room. He did have uh, problems going into that camp, and actually, most of them were unearthed after the fight. And they'll probably come out in a book one day. But one thing AJ would never forgive me for is making excuses. And he could have given you half a dozen excuses after that fight with Andy Rees. He wasn't prepared to do it. What he was prepared to do was shake the man's hand and say, you beat me fair and square, on that night on June the 1st in Madison Square Garden, you were the better man. I will go away, I will work diligently behind closed doors, in silence, in pain, suffering from the defeat, and I will come back and I will beat you. That is a sign of a classy man. That is a sign of a winner. And he did all of that without moaning, without sulking, without making excuses for defeat. He took it on the chin like a man and he came back and he reclaimed what was his.
0: All right. That's fair. He he did do that. I saw Mr. Anthony Joshua come at you, and I'm like, that guy needs to be careful because Eddie once dropped his dad with a body shot when he was a teenager to prove his manhood.
2: All right, I did, but I could not drop Mr. Joshua, that's for sure. That is
0: is for sure. Uh, Great chatting with the great Eddie Hearn. So much fun business. I want to sort of close with one topic on Tyson Fury real quick. Uh, You were in sort of negotiations with him, you know, when he was up and down in recent years. I would think you guys would have been a perfect marriage. He's got Frank Warren and Bob Arum, very qualified guys, behind him. Mm. Um, do you look back and say, hey, you know, maybe, I, maybe uh, we could have made that work
2: because this guy is... Yeah, we, we would have had a great time. You know, I, sub, Contrary to what it looks like, I feel like I actually get on quite well with Tyson Fury, and I do respect him a lot. Um, I mean, in, in a way, I wish that we would have signed him when we had the opportunity. I must say, I looked at him that day in the meeting and thought, you'll never even get in the ring again, let alone win a world heavyweight title. So he deserves a huge amount of credit and respect for the way he's come back physically. But you know what, Brian, I've got to say. There's me for me nothing better than walking to the ring with your fighter in the hope of victory on the biggest stage with your heart beating out of your shirt. And with two fighters in a fight, you can't enjoy it. So now when this fight happens, I will get the opportunity to walk with my guy, who is Anthony Joshua, who I've represented from his professional debut. And I believe be alongside him when he becomes the undisputed world heavyweight champion. So whilst I would love to work with Tyson Fury, I'm glad that I've got my guy going at it to war together. I can just scream and shout and embarrass myself and jump (laughs) over the ropes, make a fool of myself Celebrating what I believe will be the victory of Anthony Joshua.
0: I respect that. I respect that a lot. And uh, oh, people will kick me in the balls if I don't ask you. How does Usyk, Alexander Usyk, the, the Swiss Army knife, yeah. the wild card, fit into AJ's potential plans with with Fury and Wilder so out there? AJ
2: has to fight. Yeah, AJ has to fight Usyk after Pulev. The only way he won't fight Usyk is if he gets the Fury or Wilder winner. That's basically it. Usyk will fight Derek Chisora. In May, we will announce this very soon. It is a wonderful fight at the O2 Arena in London. Hell yeah. And we're going to find out a lot about Alexander Usyk as a heavyweight because Chazor is on a great run. He's a rough house. He's strong. He can punch. And uh, it's going to be a great fight.
0: Eddie, great chatting with you. Everyone, check out this Saturday on the zone, Frisco, Texas. Of course, it's Mikey Garcia, Jesse Vargas. Very important welterweight bout. A lot of stars on that undercard from Chocolatito to Joseph Parker. Uh, Eddie Hearn, it's a great time to be Eddie Hearn, man. Keep cashing those checks. Keep giving the fans (laughs) what they want. Thanks, mate. Take care. And we're back. Special thanks to the great Eddie Hearns for the interview. Uh, Rafe, you were not present for that. You have not heard it as to this point, full disclosure. Let me tee up a couple things here,
1: Brian. Why? Why did you feel the need to bring that up? Because you act like that's not the case on almost every interview we right, discuss don't, here. Don't
0: don't show the fourth wall. No one, you know what I mean. Like we can we can tease the bag, but we don't have to show people it. All right. All right.
1: I got, I'm not wearing any pants right now. How's that? You know. You know. I like to, to take a whiz in here once yeah, in a while. It's
0: a hot on day, Rafe. Indeed. Uh. All right. Here's the big deal. You know, what I talk about all the time the male and the female parts. They don't connect. Eddie solved that for us. He basically said this. Look. If we get a chance to do Joshua versus Fury or maybe Wilder, right? Either or. Uh, for all four belts, it's not going to matter. There's going to be so much money at stake. He says DAZN will get involved. They will be part of the deal on the U.S. side. But it will not be a $20 a month stream for it. He's basically saying without saying that they'll figure out a way to put this on American pay-per-view. It's still have DAZN involved to get their cut. But it won't stop that fight from happening, Rafe. Hearing that, at, finally, finally hearing somebody say, you know, not specifics, but close enough to like, hey, don't worry about it. We'll make it work. That does take off a lot of uh, sort of the fear of
1: how boxing screws you in the end. That is great. I, I, that's fantastic to hear. And that's a little bit it's sort of the opposite of the way that I said it might play out. The other night, well, not not, not that it, not that that was some great insight, but just like, yeah, the the money money can save everything. The male and female parts don't fit, but you got enough money to get some phalloplasty surgery Rafe, and fix up love. that wang, then maybe you can make it fit.
0: Yeah, love is love, Rafe, okay? Love wins, True that. okay? What I'm saying on that, money wins in boxing. That's the real story there. So I guess that's refreshing to see. And obviously we have to think even bigger picture that Eddie, you know, Dazone is Eddie's U.S. partner. But he's got even more money to be made on the British TV deal, which doesn't have that same hiccup in it. It's still about just I wouldn't
1: be surprised if Eddie is planning his next move. Come on, man.
0: What are you saying? What are you saying? Off of the zone?
1: How many over under on years on that thing?
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Two.
1: They they take a shot at these big rights deals coming up if they don't get them. Well, Eddie has that out. And so does the zone at what the two year mark. Is it? Yeah.
0: Which would be so what, that's coming fall? up. I mean, yeah. I don't
1: think that's the end of it. I just mean that zone is facing is as a huge year. This is pivotal, this is a pivotal time for them and they need to they're their big their big picture strategy is not just boxing. We do, and as boxing fans, we are really thankful for everything they've done, the, the great fights we've seen consistently. Um but their big picture plan is to get get in get into bed with the big leagues, the NBA, the NFL, what, all that stuff. And those rights deals are coming up soon. If they don't, if they aren't award, you know, if they don't win any of those rights, if they don't outbid anyone for it, and or the, the leagues just decide they don't trust the platform enough yet, then I think the party is over, and and everyone's gonna move on. You know, move musical chairs, everything. You know, a lot of we just figure out something new.
3: I don't got that. dissolved shit. All right. Well,
1: you know, I do.
0: Yeah, I do. Showtime, a service I have. I've got the zone, too. Thank you. I've got a lot of those in my house, in the Dwyer house. Uh, Another thing he said, Rafe, was this. Point blank, I said, I know you're trying to get in the Pacquiao business. How many fights left does Pacquiao have on his PBC deal? Eddie says he's under the the, the understanding that it's zero. He did point out that Manny has about 100 different people who think they represent him. But he's claiming Conor McGregor's manager, Audi Attar of Paradigm Sports, is the one who has the, the greatest claim right now. And they're claiming that he could go next to DAZN in Saudi for big time money, maybe against the winner of Mikey Garcia Vargas on Saturday, maybe against somebody else. Um, you got any thoughts on that, Rafe? You're a, you're a, a representation of all things Pinoy American.
1: I am well. I, I I am a something of a Um and I think I understand where Eddie's coming from because everybody seems to claim to have some paper on Manny, but Manny is going is kind of bigger than all the people who say that they can con, that they have a controlling interest in him, and will almost just do what he wants to do and 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 dare you to stop him. You know, come after him with the American legal system. He's not American. He doesn't have to come <laughs> back here if he doesn't want to. He can go make money elsewhere. He can do an MP promotion show in Malaysia if the IRS is is trying to shake him down over here. Like it, he's – or he could retire – uh, because he's forty and doesn't you know, may not need the money anymore, um, and and you know is getting a lot of money just by being a senator in the Philippines and and a national level politician. So I don't know the real truth there, and I don't think it, it sounds like maybe Eddie and and his new and uh, was it is it called Paradigm? Yes, it is. The paradigm may not know either, but a lot of it just has to do with is it is it worth say. PBC believes they have one more fight for, with Manny. Is it worth it to them to try and ch- chase him down and get him and and bend bend him to their will, whatever it would cost? And then him, even if they win legally, he could still just say, "All right, well, I retire. See ya." And then come or, back a year yeah. later, or he could just go to Saudi, collect fifty million right. for, I, like, and, and for like, and say he just go, goes American. and does something in Saudi Arabia.
0: Who do they sue? Do you think if he did the Saudi huge money take of of uh, DAZN, would it be Amir Khan? Would it be Kel Brook? Would it be Billy Dib? What is the opponent here?
1: I have uh, I have uh, I noticed something that DAZN did yesterday. If you didn't know, yesterday Brian was the 43rd birthday of Floyd Money Mayweather, and DAZN, not really known as a Mayweather network. But does have released, the Golden
0: Boy archives.
1: Right. Released eight uh Floyd fights, one for one each hour for eight hours of the day to celebrate Floyd's birthday. You think they're think they're kinda cozying up to to Floyd and hoping I mean, that's the one that's the fight Manny wants. That's the thing he's been holding. Right, that's me, why he's still fighting. Let me ask so you. So he this. can make that giant payday one more time. Let me ask you this. Okay? Lay on me. It's a similar
0: question to when we would say, hey, AJ, not technically a DAZN fighter. Would he be willing to just say, sorry, DAZN, you're out of this? Is, does, is Floyd the only fighter that not only has but would exercise the control to say, hey, Al, PBC, Showtime, Fox, sorry, bros. I'm going to go do this May 2 thing on DAZN in Saudi for like $300 million apiece. And uh, that's just the case. That's what that's what's going on.
1: I Well, look, Floyd has already had out of the country exhibitions for however much money. Right. Tension. Um, and I don't think I think that they would need to sell this as a real fight. It wouldn't really be an exhibition. But uh, I think that he can probably figure something out. I think that Floyd. Would I my guess and look, it's up to them, it's not. I, I why my guess the, isn't really that material here, but since we're talking about it as a podcast, you want us to to BS, let's yeah, do it. yeah, let's BS, Rafe. Um, my, I, I think that my, my feeling is that Floyd would work with uh Al Heyman and say and cut him in and make him part of the deal, but other than that, they'd they'd figure they just you know that would be it, you know. Um, I don't think that. Floyd has Floyd never fought on Fox, and I think – I'm sure he's appreciative of the hundreds of millions of dollars that he received the years that he worked with Showtime, but he was making millions of dollars before then and was the biggest fighter in the sport at HBO right before he turned around and walked to Showtime. I mean I, that obviously was Larry Merchant's fault because Larry ne- never gave Floyd a fair shake. So if you're Eddie Hearn, you would tell
0: your Saudi friends – to, to make one phone call
1: You gotta talk to Mr. Cancer But he'll never talk to you right? I would tell my friends To get with his friends And then we could be friends. Uh, And we could do that every
0: weekend. Every weekend, yes, exactly. Uh, Do the Rockaway and lean back.
2: When Crawford leans back, Crawford has a lean back game. Yes,
0: well, that was a short conversation. All right, Rafe, yes. Um, Um, Rafe, we're going to get on to uh, Roy in a second, but I've got another. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got?
1: Can I just drag us back a little bit into uh, Fury Wilder 3 talk? Wow. Uh, I just wanted to say, Brian, I agree with you. I think that. Even though this was a magnificent performance from Tyson Fury, uh, that that doesn't mean Wilder can't win a third fight. He still is going to walk into that with an incredible weapon that, look, we've, I think Fury has written the blueprint now for how at least how Tyson Fury can neutralize it and beat down Deontay Wilder. But that doesn't mean – this is boxing. Things happen and, and also – Tyson Fury, although he, at this point, I, I don't think we can, I, I would think it, I would consider it a mistake to doubt him going into a big fight. He has been erratic. He, there are, you can point, you can say he doesn't always show up, uh, looking like the, like a, like a historical heavyweight, like he, like he has on the biggest nights. And if you do catch him on a down night, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect it, but it's possible. And it's fair either. You know it is it, and and if Wilder needs to go through all these crazy excuses and and whatever all that to to get himself ready for this one last sort of hail mary, then then do what you got to do, and I hope it's a great fight.
0: Yeah, and don't forget one thing about Wilder when you're counting him out. He's
1: got killing power. Yeah, and if he doesn't kill you, he can probably and leave your brain damaged. We you mentioned this before, and it's been mentioned a little bit, but I think the way the fight played out and and the drama around fury calling his shot and backing up his words and and just putting on that that incredible incredible performance has taken has it means it's not being taken as seriously wilder could legitimately say that look this is the same as aj losing to Ru- not uh, in, in this is or close enough to aj losing to ruiz i was dropped by an equilibrium shot in the third round, and I never recovered. I will be back stronger and better, and this will be a fight in the third the third time around. Yes. I don't know if I believe that personally, but that is a a true legit. Yes. Uh, explanation yes, for how th- what could have happened.
0: Yes, it is. Maybe that's why Sergio Martinez is uh, questioning a no, comeback. Oh, that is. A- By incorrect. the way, I did ask Samson Lukowicz. It did not exist. Yeah. <laughs> Samson Lukowicz. I want. I, I did want to talk to Samson, right? And I did, and I asked him if he's a part of this talk of Sergio coming back at forty-five, and he's like, "Absolutely not. No, no, no. Bad idea. No, I'm not. I have nothing to do with this." So that was interesting, Rafe.
1: Are you down though with? Uh, it's coming up in like a week. What is coming up? Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez fighting Jorge Arce in a in an exhibition Senior? in Mexico.
0: Yes, oh, senior. Wow. Senior's going to take that real serious, you know
1: that. Senior's going to go in there like, <laughs> looking for a scalp. Yeah, man. I hope say is training. Th- no, this is not an exhibition. It's yeah. Supposed to be an exhibition.
0: Yeah, this is not. I mean, you know, wow, wow, wow. Oh, we're we're having a good show. Sometimes this show doesn't always work, Rafe. Right. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. Right now we're rolling. All right. Uh, let me. Uh, by the way, if, if, if Floyd does come back and go to the zone and take Saudi money, it better be against a good person. It better not be against some Japanese guy.
2: Um, he's a big one, isn't he, for a Japanese guy? There's no doubt about that. Thank
0: you, Frank. Thank you, Frank Warren. All right. Uh, Rafe, a little bit of news before we throw to Roy here. Uh, I don't know if you caught this. Did we? I don't think we talked about this on Saturday. Uh, Leila Ali going on ESPN. Why we talk about that junk? It ain't junk, bro. Okay? It does exist. Leila right. uh, Ali at 42. 11 or 12 years removed from the ring has finally given in and said yes, I will fight Clarissa Shields if the money is there. That's a big if. But Rafe, you have Who to Who is going to put up the money for that? Somebody will, Rafe. Somebody Why? will. Maybe Why? maybe in Russia or Saudi. Well,
1: cuz Rafe, cuz Clarissa Shields might be the greatest of all time. Cuz she's drawing like crazy in all her fights on Showtime Rafe, right now. First
0: of all, both you and Clarissa are Michigan residents, so I would expect a little bit more. I know you hate women's boxing, from decorum. I would, expect, I would expect a little bit more. Look, I just there, don't right? like to be fed a bowl, a line of
1: crap. Are you Stop lying me to me? From
0: it, from even from a curious carnival point of view, even from that, you, you see, wouldn't be Clarissa interested?
1: Shields, the, the the probably the best one. Her and Katie Taylor, the two best women boxers. Alive right now, beating up an old woman? No, I don't want to see that. It's
0: not just an old woman. It's Muhammad Ali's daughter who happens to be. For reason, I don't want to see that great man's daughter beaten up after she's been out the ring for thirteen years. No. Oh, I'm I'm a little surprised here, Rafe. Okay, I mean. It's going to take some M's to do that, right?
3: Hey, thank you for that extra M, though. You the man, bro.
0: Uh, it's going to take a lot of M's, I
1: would think. You're going to have to get Gabrielle to to generate some M's. Yes, 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 I do. Yes,
0: yes, I do.
1: All right, oh, yeah. uh, uh, school me on this. Tell, turn me around here. I'm sorry, I, I should you not on? have. You want me to turn Crapped on? on it so let so me, hard so immediately.
0: <laughs> let me turn you or, and reach around for you, Rafe. What do you got?
1: Well, no, I'm saying, tell me, tell, tell me how. My tell me why was wrong.
0: Yes. Tell me. Uh, because Clarissa Shields, look, people don't like her. I get it. This is not about not liking well, Clarissa hold on, Shields. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. But she doesn't have anybody else right now. There's no other Christina Hammers at the moment. And the one fight that would matter, right? Like, Anne Wolf's not coming through that door, okay? She's like 50. The one fight that would matter is the former... Greatest of all, you know, the greatest of all time, the unbeaten legend coming back. And the fact is this. Yes, Layla's 42. Yes. Good Lord. She hasn't been there in like 12 years, but she's in great shape. She's like, you know, lifestyle brand, fitness brand, doing all this stuff. She's a great businesswoman. So she's it's it's not something she would just do haphazardly. So, you know, Clarissa told me uh, when I talked to her over the weekend that uh, uh, she's heard that Layla has been training for a full year in the gym before making this kind of public announcement. So, it's not like Layla is doing it just for the money. Probably not for the money at all. Well, Okay, I don't, that's, that's oh yeah. yeah you not can't about say it.
1: the money, money, money. But uh,
0: it's it's when you know someone's doing it for the right reasons, right, right reasons, right reasons. Remember that awful rap from The Bachelor? No, all right. I, um, I never watched the. Bachelor. Yeah, I had. I, I'm, I'm married, and I fell into it once. Um.
1: Yeah, Rafe. If it's, look, well, it's, way, to throw, way to throw Mrs. Campbell <laughs> under the bus there. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> I like you.
0: I like you. I like sex. It's nice. All right, I got nothing else there. We got to get out of here. Uh, we're going to bring in Roy Jones right now. He's going to set the stage for Friday's show box card from Las Vegas, and he's going to do a lot of Roy things. It's going to be great, and it's coming up right now. Enjoy. Roy Jones Jr., it's Brian Campbell, CBS Sports. How you doing, man? Doing good, my brother. How are you? Doing great. Always a pleasure to talk to the man himself. And uh, look, I'm excited uh, on your continued uh, work in the sport, whether it be promoting training. We know you'll be training a good young fighter this Friday. Showbox the next generation on Showtime in Las Vegas when your man, Kevin Newman II, steps in and the televised opener of a triple header. Roy, get the audience up to speed on who Kevin Newman is.
3: Kevin Newman is one of the best up-and-coming super middleweights in the game right now today. He has quick hands. He has explosive power. He has uh, unusual reflexes. He's the only, the closest thing I've seen to remind myself of me in the super middleweight or middleweight division in a long time. So I think Kevin Newman is an exciting upcoming phenom that we're going to see big things from in the future. He's 11-1-1, one one, but his only loss, he
0: redeemed himself and came back on Showbox and was able to get that victory back. He'll be in there this fight against Jank Polana, the man who calls himself the sexy Albanian Roy. Uh we may have to ugly <laughs> up ugly up this sexy one here.
3: What do you think? Well, the sex one's gonna be sexy coming in, but he probably won't be so sexy going out. You know, I don't know. We'll see how sexy he can be, all depends on what kind of sexy style he has. There are some guys who have sexy styles that make it hard to get to him. He could be one of those guys because he is a little different, he's a little awkward, so We'll see, you know. We, we, we gotta let Kevin Harris do the talking.
0: Well, it's of course goes down live on Showtime Friday night, ten forty-five p.m. Eastern. We got a new main event in this triple header. Malik Hawkins forced to withdraw due to medical reasons. So we're gonna get Keith Hunter, Sanjarbeck, Rachmanov in a super lightweight bout in the main event. But when it comes down to this fight, the fighter you guys are going up against in Polana, trained by former two division world champion Simon Brown. At this point, Roy, when you're in the training mode and you're going in there against another coach uh, uh, of good rapport, how competitive are you as a trainer looking across the lines?
3: Well, you're very competitive looking across the line because you always want to be able to outthink the guy, no different than when you were fighting. So uh, Simon's a very good trainer, was a very, was a great fighter, and uh, of course Simon's gonna have his guy ready, and I know that. So you have to be on your A game when you fight, when you're to face a guy like Simon Brown uh, in the opposite corner because you know right away his guy's going to come prepared and ready to go.
0: What do you love most about training? We've seen you on the very highest level, guys like John Pascal. I mean, we've seen you in the mix. Uh, what, what what drives you about this?
3: What I love most is trying to pass down all the beautiful attributes that God blessed me to have with my career. I try to pass all that down to young fighters, and when I see them do any of it, just a little shade of it, it completely blows my mind and gives my heart beautiful gratitude because. I was able to take what God gave me and pass it on to someone else.
0: Are you more intense as a trainer than you thought you'd be? Are you more of a fighter's trainer because you understand what they're going through? What's your demeanor like?
3: More of a fighter's trainer because I do understand what they're going through. So it's like I'm not uh, uptight because I do know that it's not easy. I've been through this. I've seen it. I've done it. And I know that it's nothing like most people would imagine it to be. Therefore, you can't be too quick to get frustrated you can't be uh too quick to anger you can't get mad at guys because you can't do what you expect them to do all the time because people are going to be different something they're going to be better than you did something they're going to not be able to do that but yes to be them and you have to always have an open mind and have respect for each individual to be himself i like that i like that indeed well roy
0: along with your future hall of fame fighting career your training career we love us some roy jones as a broadcaster the fall of hbo kind of felt like it came out of nowhere to a lot of people how has it been for you in the aftermath of that as a professional we we need to hear your takes on on the mic are you getting that itch again
3: uh i've been had that itch but uh you know i couldn't do nothing until the end of this year so i got to wait to end this year before i can do it but uh yes i definitely had the itch i love sharing my knowledge with people whether it's training people or commentating and explain to people what's going on in the fight. Uh, so I really can't wait to get back to where I'm able to share that knowledge again because I love, I absolutely love sharing my knowledge with people.
0: Now, when you're a broadcaster, uh, there's the sharing of knowledge, there's the educational side, then there's the entertaining side, the entertainment portion of it. Sometimes broadcasters get known for their one-liners or their famous calls. You worked with the, the greatest of the greats, Jim Lampley, who has so many of them. But you also had one at Pacquiao Marquez four that people still drop. <laughs> he not getting up, Jim. Uh, do you did you think that call was going to become like an automatic thing when somebody gets dropped? Somebody seems to say that every single time.
3: <laughs> no, I never knew that. It kind of happened the same. Uh, it kind of happened spontaneously uh, on the spot. It was just what I was feeling at the time. Uh, I knew everybody was wondering what was going to happen, and I knew right away when I saw it. Like, no, Jim, he's not getting up. So I knew that right away, and I felt it. So that's just what came out, you know. What my my emotions, my emotions are what come out when I when I when I'm commentating. So my emotion was the truth, and the truth was, Jim, he's not getting up, Jim. I
0: love it. I love it. Well, when it comes to broadcasting, Roy, you know that this uh, the sport can go through ebbs and flows, and right now we're in a, a huge high point. Anybody. That can make money out of boxing is because it's hot right now. Um, you coming back into the broadcasting game? I feel like this will be the hottest free agent signing in years. Are are you are you getting offers? Are people ringing you left and right?
3: Not yet, because my deal with HBO is not up until until December. After December, I would would expect to start getting called. I love it.
0: I love it. All right, well, if I've got you here, i got to get your take on the biggest storyline of the moment, which was the Wilder-Fury heavyweight title rematch. Fury walks down the puncher and knocks him out, and now Wilder has a lot of questions. He wants the third fight. He says yes, but he may fire his secondary trainer and Mark Breland for throwing that towel. Roy, you've been on both sides. What's your take on this?
3: My take on it is that Mark Breland was highly concerned about a fighter that he saw that was beaten, that had been wilted, and that was really done with. So Mark did what he thought was best and tried to save him from future damage and allow him to be able to get out the ring happy, safe, not happy, but safe and sound, Go back, rebuild in the gym, come back to fight as a stronger man next time. Not get completely taken apart and diminished and uh embarrassed further because I know it had to be some embarrassment after you talk so much about what you're gonna do to him and none of that happened. So Mark was trying to save his fighter, uh uh intellectually, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all the way around the board. So Mark, normal trainer would have done was would throw the throw the towel in and I would have done the same thing.
0: Do you respect Wilder's perspective when he says my team knew better that I'm a warrior? It, it doesn't go down like that. I don't have the towel no. thrown in on me.
3: No, I don't respect it because that's why you're having a hard time with your team now. Why you're having a hard time learning boxing because you are so much you and your team. You so much all worried about yourself and so much worried about how you do things that you think people, people's job, people, other people's job is to look out for you. I know that me, my, I was fortunate enough to never have to have it happen, but I know for me to stop, if they would have asked me, my coach would have had to say, no, bro, I can't let you go no more because I'm never going to say no. And that's already understood. We all had my coach ever got to a point that he had to say no, I would have had to respect that because I know that he sees it Different or sometimes you can see a little bit better than me. Now, if I knew I had a punch chance, I had to run around here too, or I had to land a right hand or two here or there, then I'd be like, no, don't stop. It. I still got a chance. He probably feels like that because the first fight he dropped Fury in the last round, but he was looking much better than the first fight because Fury wasn't fighting with a game plan. Fury was learning him like he was learning Fury. The second fight, Fury had the perfect game plan and was executing it to a T, to a T. There was nothing for it to do for Wilder but to go downhill. There was no uphill in that fight for Wilder. So anybody who thought that he had a chance is crazy because Fury had them broken down from round one and it was going downhill since then. If he thought that he had a chance, he's wrong. And I'm sorry, but that's just what the facts are.
0: I love your honesty on that. Are you... Uh... Or I guess instead of saying, are you, how, how impressed are you with what Tyson Fury did? Because we're now suddenly asking ourselves, is he an all-timer based on how unlikely it was for him to walk down the bully and get him out of there like that?
3: You can't call him an all-timer because the bully just hadn't been bullied yet. I mean, like the bully, the bully, he beat a lot of people, don't get it wrong. But even if you go back and look at it, the names on the record, none add up to the names that were on Mike Tyson's record. Mike Tyson was taking him down. You feel me? All the only person he got a record that we even not think anything about, and he never had a real professional career. He was a, a, a celebrated amateur at best, which was uh, Ortiz. And Ortiz was a good fighter. so his lack of full experience, that's why Wilder just took him to deep water last time and drowned him. So I thought Wilder got smarter, and Wilder did a smart thing. Don't go out there and try to box him. It's the same thing I told Terrence Crawford when he fought Gamboa. I said, now, you know the first five rounds going to be rough. So don't worry about it if you're not winning the first five rounds. That's what they do. The Cubans are great for the first three to five rounds. They got four, five, and six hundred fights at three to five rounds. But after that, then they start to go down. First fight, he to do it. Yeah. Totally different outcome. But that's the only real fighter I see since Kibachi that, on his record, that you can say that this guy is a real credible fighter because of his amateur career. Not because of his pro career, because of his amateur career. Because he hasn't beaten anybody in presence as a pro either. So when you look at it, Tyson Fury did beat the bullet, and what Tyson Fury should go down as one of the greats is is able to figure out the puzzle. Now, you say that, he's very good at that, and he did take a bullet that nobody thought could be beaten, that nobody had beaten yet, and he walked down and beat him. So if you want to take him straight for that one performance, could he go? Yes, for that one performance, he could, but right now, he still got to beat a couple more guys before I put him as one of the greats, but he is a good fighter, and I told Tyson Fury about four or five years ago, I said, you get yourself together, rededicate yourself, you can beat all of these guys, and he said that. He said, "I said all these bombs. I didn't call them bombs, but I told him if he got himself together. He dedicated himself. He could beat them all, and that's what he's doing right now. He rededicated himself, and he beat them all. Indeed, because indeed. He's very interesting,
0: Roy. It's always a loaded question to ask Roy Jones. Is there any other fighters that reminds you of Roy Jones? Because it's you. You cut <laughs> such an original cloth of what you brought to the table. I respect the fighter you're training, Kevin Newman II the second coming who will return Friday on Showbox, like we mentioned, that you see some of that in you. I wanted to know if you see some of that in Teofimo Lopez Jr., who's moving up to this biggest challenge of his career against Lomachenko, and sometimes he has movements, leaping left hooks, where I'm like, that's out of the Roy playbook. Do you see that same thing? You
3: better better believe I do. Teofimo Lopez shows me a lot of my old stuff makes me really become a very big fan of here because of how much he reminds me of my young self. So yes, I definitely see a lot of the old Roy Jones training in Tito Fina Lopez.
0: Uh, Roy, what day in your career was the mountaintop in terms of prime Roy Jones Jr.? I know you can pick a seven, eight, ten-year stretch, and you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> but which night was the best Roy Roy ever was?
3: Man, man, that's hard to say, but I, I mean, I really don't know that because uh, when I fought John Ruiz, that was the best Roy as a heavyweight. When I fought James Turner, that was the best Roy as a super middleweight. Um, you know, when I fought. Jeff Lacey, that might have been the best Royer Adelaide week. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. And I was overweight, paid my prime in the But I was one of the best nights of my career. Uh, I felt so good in that fight. I felt so calm and comfortable in that fight. That was one of my best performances. So it's like, it's really hard for me to say.
0: Yeah, you did put it on Tito Trinidad late in your career as well. That was a great night. Yeah. Um, when, I got to ask you this from my fandom. When Lou DeVal <laughs> shocked the world and became the first man to drop you, did you you, you look like you got up with, not, oh, shit, more like, I'm going to get you, sucker, for that.
3: What was I'm that finished. feeling I'm about like? to kill you now. <laughs> I'm about to kill you now because, first of all, you got lucky because I got bored. The reason I got bored is because I got so many rounds of sparring with you and I done seen it all before. You feel me? So you get bored because you used this. I done read this book ten times. You know what I mean? I used it for sparring for two or three different fights. So I done read this book ten times. So I become bored and complacent because I done read the book so much. So uh, yeah, he was able to land a punch when you would be asking, "Now you know I'm gonna beat your ass now, i you... <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, but that's exactly what I was feeling. You know I'm about to beat your ass now, you know." So you almost brought out
0: RJ. You know that guy I'm talking. Yes,
3: about. exactly right. I love. That's it. exactly right.
0: Uh, Roy, when you were pound for pound king, there were certainly contenders that popped up. You know, some outlets may have thought at certain stretches Oscar or Bernard or Shane or someone had a had a claim for a day. But you were the number one guy. Then it was Floyd. Nowadays, I feel Mm. like there's like five or six guys in the discussion. Who do you think right now today is the pound for pound king?
3: Well, I'm like you. Right now it's very hard, and I'm going to tell you the truth. When I was in one pound pound, there was no discussion. If you said Roy was fighting, everybody wanted to watch Roy fight. I don't care who else was out there. Bernard never was in the discussion. Sugar Shane was on the undercard because he wasn't in the discussion. And Delahoy was usually on his own theme because of the Latino market. He had a lot of followers too, but he wasn't pound for pound the best. They knew who was pound for pound the best when I was pound for pound the best. Today is a very hard question because you got three fighters who remained at the top of the division for a long time and top of the truck for a long time, and that is Terrence Crawford. I see Lomachenko and um Canelo Alvarez. Only thing is, uh uh Lomachenko about to get really tested because TFIMO Lopez is gonna be a really good test. Lopez he should become the long one top of that chart to everybody else to get tested. He's the only one that uh really hasn't had the test he wants because the test we thought were gonna be test, he ate them so easy to, until they were not even test. But Teofimo Lopez will be a test. chance. Crawford always is going to be at the top because he fights whoever. He just ain't getting the opportunity because of promotional reasons to fight the big guy that we want to see him fight, to put him on top of the list. And uh, Canelo has been top of the list. Well, he just re- rose into the top of the list because he beat uh, Kovalev in good fashion. So that put him kind of in a place to be maybe second or third on the list as well. But opposition has a lot to do with it and showmanship and how we see them perform every night. You know what I mean? Every night counts because when you pound pound the best, you can do something different every night to make us know why you pound pound the best. Terrence Crawford gives us that uh, that difference almost every time he fights. He shows us something different. That's a good thing. Uh The other two, they they're good too. Uh They don't. Lomachenko never really has to show us different. He just does the same thing because that's who he is. And Canelo, he always shows us different things. He's one ninety out box uh he'll outbox triple g some rounds. One night he'll push Triple G back some So he's also showing that he has a right to ask for that claim to claim too. So there are three guys that I think are at the top it'll be Canelo Alvarez, uh Terrence Coughlin, and Machico. And if Teofimo Lopez beats Lomachinko, he'll automatically become one of those three guys.
0: Wow, great answer. I love the way you broke that down. Uh Roy, sometimes when guys have a rivalry, think Gotti and Ward, they become best friends for life, you know, Rocky and Apollo Do you have anybody in your past that it's still like, hey, if I run into you, we're not boys. I mean, are you and Bernard man-hugging, or is this still a thing?
3: Well, it's like this with me. I come from the pit bull era. In the pit bull era, I never did that. but in the pit bull era, a pit bull stands alone. He's his own boss. He's his own warrior. Therefore, there will never be nobody that I have issues with, but there's nobody that I'm going to be so close to after we had a fight that, always oh, cool, and I know no, it's not. If we 65 and you decide you want to fight, I'm ready for that <laughs> because I know that's how people are. So it's like forever, me, Hopkins, we friends, but we're going to always have uh, a burning desire inside to see who the best is against Still, I love it. Same with me and probably Antonio talk. We're probably gonna always we always going to be friends, but we still going to have that desire to say, I was like, when these guys come up now and say, well, I don't want to fight him. we friends, or we to trained together. We fought together. I don't to understand that because that's not the era I'm from. I'm from the era where you were still in the corner. You were still in the hill. You was king of the hill. Then nobody would come up the hill. I don't I care it. who it was.
0: I love it. I love it. Still, it's still real to me, damn it. And you still got that same energy. I love it. I want to close on this, Roy. When you got signed to Jordan Brand in the early 2000s, I remember feeling like it was a victory for boxing. Like it was like – they put you on that level with the truly two, three biggest athletes in the whole sport. How did that happen? What were those conversations like with you and MJ where, where you know, he said, yeah, I got to have you repping my stuff?
3: They told me that MJ said that he thought I was about to join the boxing because it was something different than anybody had ever seen. And that's exactly what MJ was. And that was one of the best feelings, best days, best times of my life. Because I always thought Michael Trump was one of the best athletes to ever live as well as Muhammad Ali. And to be, to have, to be able to represent what he stood for was a great thing to me. So now I'm being, I can represent what two of my favorite athletes in the whole world stand for. One was a boxer, one was a basketball player, well, already boxed. So that was giving me the opportunity to represent Muhammad Ali. But now I can wear a Jordan brand boxing shoe that they made for me, my name, I'm representative you couldn't ask for no better life than that, brother. That was like that's God at best work. You hear me? When oh, God gave me that, that was one of the best things that God could ever bless me.
0: I'm still rocking the Jordan LX2 RJJ's. They're the blue on blue, it the is. low tops with the velcro cover. You probably got yes, a sir. closet filled of them, right?
3: Yeah, I got quite a, a few pair of them. Yes,
0: indeed, Roy. Great, great chatting with you. We can't wait. Showbox Friday night from Las Vegas, Sam's Town, 10:45 p.m. Eastern, and your man Kevin Newman the second. Kicking it off, you'll be in the corner. Best of luck to you guys, Roy. Always, always Thank a you. pleasure to share knowledge with you.
3: Thank you, Robert. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Special thanks to the great, the great. I mean, you may have forgotten, but the great Roy Jones.
3: When I beat High, I the IBF, the right was hurt, beat him with the left. Y'all must have forgot, forgot. forgot, forgot,
1: forgot, forgot.
0: Left hook, that um Ray, full disclosure, because we're fourth wall removal now. This interview hasn't even taken place yet. You haven't heard it. I haven't heard it yet, Ray. All right.
1: I do hope, Brian, that when you get a chance to speak to Roy Jones Jr., like when our friends uh, Eric Raskin and Kiernan Mulvaney of the Showtime Championship Boxing Podcast spoke to him for their theirs this week, that he will be at home in Florida, uh, in Pensacola, and you'll be able to hear the roosters crowing in the background because yes. that was some very nice Roy ambiance.
0: Um, a couple points here. Uh, this is very Back to the Future Part Two. I feel like we're like doing things in weird order. We're going back. the The space time continuum is all over you the place. You do right look now. a little bit like Biff. Yeah. <laughs> Make like a tree and get out of here. Uh, I do have to put uh may a here. I, I threw Eric Raskin under the bus on our instant analysis podcast, uh, incorrectly teasing the idea that he discounts Tyson Fury's win over Klitschko because Klitschko may or may not have been washed. That's not his take. I don't know why I,
1: I, I filled my brain with that.
0: His bad take is that Loma's already washed.
1: That is a bad take. Um, the, I think what you confuse there is just Raskin has all, all. He always hated Vlad. He never gave Vlad a fair shake. You're
0: right. So Raskin and I have been on the same side of history. Raskin would never have Vladimir Klitschko number one pound for pound after uh Floyd retired. Never, right? Raskin Man, would never. Nobody would do that, right? Raskin would never wear fleece. Oh, Oh. <laughs>
1: It did exist. He's worn the fleece.
0: <laughs> I love Eric Raskin, by the way. Uh,
1: um, You mentioned pound for pound discussions, Brian. Yes. I'm sorry to drag us back, back. I know you're trying to move this show on, but I need more. I, I feel the fury right now. And and this is usually you ask me about pound for pound discussions. I'm like, eh, stop. Stop right there. I don't I keep, you know, talk to the hand because the rest ain't listen. Whatever, however the hell you're supposed to say that in 1992. Um. I don't care usually about pound for pound arguments, but I think there's a really interesting discussion about how do you work Tyson Fury into this conversation now? Because some of his advantages don't exist for any other boxer on the planet, right? You're, any oh, any other weight class, you it don't get exist. to be 40 pounds heavier than who you're fighting in the ring. But at the same time, and, and you could say, so. and he's the heavyweight champion, so what's the point of even including him on a pound-for-pound list? If you're that good as a heavyweight champion, you are the man. That doesn't matter. You, that's not what the pound-for-pound list is for. But you also want to honor and commemorate and codify – The the skill and talent and brilliance of this man. So how where would you start sliding him into that list?
0: I never put Vlad, or I think I put Vlad in the tail end of the top ten, like nine or ten after Floyd retired, or maybe not at all. But like, look, obviously at that point with Vlad, the consistency had been amazing, but we all realized he wasn't fighting anybody. And I think we all realized if you did this mythical thing where you take someone with the strengths and advantages they have in their own weight class and put them in a mythical weight class against somebody else, so if we're taking 2015 Vlad and putting him in the same ring as anybody at Pomp for Pomp 1 through 8 at that time, skills-wise, he's just going to get abused, right? He's going to get outboxed and abused. Fury's obviously a little bit different because the height advantage is so massive and the skills and the mental toughness. I think he belongs in the top 10 Pomp for pound right now. Probably somewhere in the five to ten range. I'm doing mine later today. I, I haven't really done the. I haven't Do you still think rule. that
1: Deontay Wilder should be in the, the range of, say, ten on some Hell people's no. to pound list?
0: I've <laughs> never had Wilder in the top ten. I get it, though, too. Once Wilder started step. You know, the idea was once he started stepping up, like if he knocked Wait, once out. He
1: started beating top three
0: heavyweight Luis Ortiz twice. I mean, if he knocked out Fury in this one, certainly just the power alone. You can say, yeah, pound for pound. It doesn't matter, skills, because that power alone could carry him against anybody. But he didn't win. I once had Joshua at number ten after the Joe Parker win because his resume was was pretty damn good at that point and he was finding different ways to beat people. He was outboxing some, knocking out others. That went away quick. But I think Fury belongs now, Rafe.
1: I I agree. I think I I favor the 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 gypsies more to my liking. <laughs>
0: okay, thank you, Al. All right, hey, let's get into this weekend. Uh, you want to find out if you care right now?
1: Oh yeah, I'm like I'm, I've been waiting for this. All
0: right, it starts Friday, Las Vegas, Samstown. Shout out to that showbox on Showtime. New main event because Malik Hawkins had to pull out due to medical reasons. I believe he was de- it was dehydration. Keith Hunter against <clears throat> Sanjarbek Rachmanov, ten rounds, junior welterweights
1: um it's michael hunter's brother i care okay richardson hitchens
0: the good-looking welterweight prospect on that co-main uh which one is hitch roy's roy jones guy is kevin newman the second
1: yes yeah i do care about that one one because of roy and two because kevin newman is always in the great mayweather boxing club videos uh yeah with roley with Rolly, with Thomas Hill, Mr. – I don't got that – oh, that's Roley. Uh What's the other – oh, Thomas Hill is uh, Team Spencer. It don't make sense.
0: Yes, yes. I love it. And don't forget T-Street. Inside that big scrotum. scrotum. You ever watch Terrell Van T-Street live? Con- T-Street controversy? I,
1: I, I only know it from this podcast. All
0: right. All right. All right. Thank you. Uh, okay, Ray. Friday, uh, Dizone. This is one of those weird – Italy cards, I think it's a Eddie Hearn special. Oh, that
1: just got canceled, I believe.
0: It got canceled. This is yes. There's a uh,
1: coronavirus outbreak in Milan. Apparently, Are you everybody um, hide your kids, hide your wives, uh, don't go outside. Uh, this, this, it's coming. It's coming, man. It's at Lennox. I'm coming. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that 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 card ain't happening.
0: Okay, uh, Friday Worcester, Mass. It's a UFC fight pass thing. Is this a Is this a uh, a Lou DiBella thing? I don't know. Main event, Irvin Gonzalez versus TBA, eight rounds featherweight. Who you got, Rafe?
1: I don't know. I don't care.
0: (laughs) Wow, angry, angry, Rafe,
1: right there. I I couldn't even process the words as they were coming in.
0: All right, Friday, Tijuana, Mexico on FightHubTV.com. Is this a journalist? Is this a – I want to shout out to Marcos Viejas. Viejas? I know he does play-by-play, right?
1: Yeah, oh, okay. Fight Hub, fight Hub. is broadcasting fights now. I think. I think so. Salvador. Cerv- that's awesome. Salva- Good for them. I like that. Growing. He's building an empire. Salvador Cervantes
0: versus Rigo Cruz in a four-round flyweight main event. But in the third fight of the night, Ben Alvarez four-rounds cruiserweights against Jorge Luna. Any chance Ben Alvarez is like the cousin Oliver of Canelo brothers?
1: Oh, that could be. Although I wouldn't expect them to be fighting in Tijuana. They're more, you know, they're they're from Guadalajara, which is a little further south of there. Um, you never know. You never know, Brian. Didn't didn't Sam Peter fight on Saturday somewhere?
0: I hope not. Please tell me. I believe
1: that. he did. You know, my that was the fight speed. that ma- That was the heavyweight clash that mattered. Are you sure? I saw I I saw our guy Tim Boxeo tweet something about it.
0: Does it exist, Rafe? Um, that's my my page is loading. He's thirty nine right now, Rafe. Okay. So when I have Skype open, my internet speed goes down to like nineteen ninety four levels, Rafe.
1: You need some better bandwidth there. You know, talk to talk to CBS, man.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: um, it's not it's not moving. It's not moving. Uh, I will tell you, you know, nothing on the box, wreck.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, hold on, as I wait for the screen to to kick back to where I was. All right, here, Rafe. Uh, Friday, Kissimmee, Florida. It's on Telemundo, Yomar Alamo. Versus Kendo Castaneda, 10 rounds, junior welterweights. Do you care?
3: Um, No, I don't think so.
0: Okay. No TV on Friday, Rafe. Huntington, New York. The Hebrew Hammer, Cletus Selden versus Umberto Martinez, 10 rounds, junior welterweights.
1: Um, Yeah, all right. I'm down with some Cletus. How about the co-main?
0: Carlos Takam against former UFC fighter Fabio Maldonado, 10 rounds, heavyweights.
1: Who 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 sent Maldonado to hell? Was it Hergovich last year? I think so. Yeah. It was. It was not. I, I don't know. I like I don't. And I, don't, I, I do not favor the the UF's the the skinhead fighter in that one. Takam, he got to do. I hope he looks good. You know, because Carlos Takam is he, he's he's like a a high level sparring partner sometimes. Right? You bring him in to lose to your better fighters, and he makes a respectable night of it. But he, know,
0: hurt, uh, he hurt. I'm not AJ. excited about
1: seeing him get good opportunities with top rank now, to tell you the truth. I, I don't know if this is top. Isn't this like Joe DeGuardia or something? Oh, that's right. I think they might be Starbox sort of thing. tied with top rank on some level. A know,
0: system man. like Zanfer, Mexican top rank, Zanfer. Mm-hmm. All right. It, it matters on Saturday. Frisco, Texas. You heard Eddie Hearn breaking it down earlier. Now, I want to hear Rafe Bugs break it down into zone. Mikey Garcia, Jesse Vargas, 12 rounds, welterweights. Rafe. I think this fight has aged well since the announcement where at first we were like, all right, you know, I want to see Mikey back. Oh, he's staying at welterweight. Oh, you know, I don't hate Jesse Vargas. I think the more you start thinking about this, though, Jesse Vargas gets in that ass. He great body attack. He's an exciting fighter nowadays. He's coming down from 54. And we don't know if Mikey's a real welterweight. Is this a potential trap fight?
1: Potentially. I think, Brian, we do know that Mikey Garcia, unfortunately, is not a real Walter weight. Um, even if he's good enough, I think, to win some big fights at Walter weight and be now I'm just full 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 Keith Thurman as if it it's not even weird to call it Walter weight. Um,
3: I'm a natural yeah, I think Walter Waite. <laughs>
1: yeah. I I I think I believe that Mikey Garcia is good enough to win fights at um at 147 pounds, but When it comes to competing against the best of the division, he's not big enough. It does not make sense. Errol Spence made that very clear, and obviously Errol Spence is the best or second best at the weight division. Um, But it's that's that doesn't it it ain't it like what we saw there uh, last year when when Mikey fought him was just the. he couldn't even be himself. He was so outsized, um, and and a lot of credit to the skill that Errol Spence applied in in sort of um, using his his various advantages in that fight. Um, and Jesse Vargas, I'm curious which Jesse Vargas we're going to see because you can think back to when he was fighting and competing pretty well against Tim Bradley and Manny Pacquiao that that that, that year when he had that little run. He was boxing more right he wasn't he wasn't very aggressive that was the, the, that was the it, when he was in the midst
0: of his transition and i personally think it was that knockdown of bradley that like woke him up to like oh wait i can punch if i want to
1: i i, I got a pretty good right hand here
0: yeah where he was sort of the safe defensive boxer when he was getting those split decisions that we didn't think he deserved against like uh uh habib alek verdiev remember that bro
1: yes yeah i do remember um, that one <laughs>
0: But uh And
1: and and he got he got he got one on Jose my boy Josecito. Josecito would have busted his jaw. Yeah. And um, I think
0: look, I, I think that he's certainly not a, a elite. But he's just short of that if you look back you know, if you look at the Broner brawl, you look at the brawl with Delorme, look he gets in there, he fights. So this I think this has potential to be a really fun fight because Mikey's going to have to sit down and really land those counter shots and in in I think Jesse's going to bully him so I think we got I think this could be great Rafe
1: Yeah I mean look if if Mikey's power does not make uh, Jesse Vargas you know does not discipline him to use the famous Max Kellermanism then and and Jesse decides that he can walk through him it's going to be a nail biter of a fight I think because. Yeah, he, he and he looks much bigger when they when they stand face to face, and he's obviously coming down in weight, and that could be a rough fight. It could be. Look, we think of. All right, we saw um, Mikey beat Sergey Lipinets at 140 pounds, and that was a fight where he clearly outboxed him, got got a beautiful knockdown late in the fight, and deserved the win. But he was under pressure the whole fight. Yeah, he got hurt. And he this told me he got this hurt. is the if if, and you could see Vargas being a. Uh, you know, more polished and bigger version and applying similar pressure. I don't think he's quite as relentless as Lipinets, but still could do something like that. And then you're looking at a, a possibly dangerous fight. All right, where where, where do you come down at the end of the, when it's all said and done, Brian? Well,
0: first of all, I don't want to come back down from this cloud, Rafe. Okay, this cloud, right? Why do you, why do you, why do you, why do you? Yeah, you're not a big Bush fan? No, I don't. I'm not speaking of George. I'm not speaking of the body
1: part, Rafe. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I remember there was a band called that. Didn't the the, 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 the lead singer <laughs> date somebody who yeah, was she, also a celebrity? He was dating
0: the girl from No Doubt, Rafe, who's doing a
1: Las oh, Vegas thing. The Banana dance. Girl, yeah. When
0: Stephanie breathe in, breathe out. Right, right.
1: That's that's a fabulous song. No, 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 no. Uh,
0: you asked me about. So here's the deal. Um, um, Mikey said, by the way, that lip and yet hits harder than Spence. He did say that. I just want you to know that. Uh,
1: Number two is Errol Spence was kind of kind and not pushing the issue too much in that fight.
0: You're saying he was. Yeah. All right. I know what you're saying. Uh, Mikey's going to win this fight, Rafe, but he's going to have to like this might be like a like a I don't want to say career defining, but this could be like one of the toughest fights he has in his career. Like it could be. It could be like a absolute high speed chess kind of borderline brawl that he's got to be tough to win. Uh, Both guys want Pacquiao into zone. Eddie told us on the show today he's got a one-fight deal with Garcia with the option, and the option gives him a chance to outbid anybody else to match it. So it's interesting. Um, tell me why I should care. So uh, about uh, this, I don't want to say why I should care about this co event because Chuck Latito coming back, I care a lot. But Cal Yafai is going to defend his WBA junior bantam title against Chuck Latito. I'm not as woke on Cal as other folks. Are you, Riff?
1: I'm not that woke yet either. I I, I will be woke by uh, Friday when I have to write some 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 uh, Thailand stuff about this. But, um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, look, a young, uh, prime. What is it? Bantamweight, Superfly, Junior Bantamweight. Superfly, one fifteen. Yeah. Um, should not be losing to Chocolatito at this stage in Chocolatito's career. Um. But Chocolatito, I, I think the hope there is that Chocolatito will, will will have one last great night. He will pull out that that all time great fighter last performance, and all of a sudden make a great fight, maybe even win. Do a do an Eric Morales like Morales did like sixteen times, <laughs> probably your favorite with Maidana. Yes, rip that suit off, <laughs> show everyone your S. Yes,
0: please, Choco, show him everyone your S. Yes. Um, it's going to be fun theater, even though Eddie Hearn said Cal Yafai is one of his best friends in the world. So that's interesting. Uh, Rafe, should we care at more, all? More closer than, than Tony Bellew. I did like uh, – who just had a piece on chocolates? You know? Was it Keith Ideck? Somebody interviewed I,
1: him. No, it was on boxing, and it was our guy uh, Corey Erdman, I think, yes. Up in, yes.
0: In, in the T-Dot.
1: I uh, enjoyed
0: that piece. Check out nice. Corey Erdman's work. I like Corey Erdman a lot, all right? Vouch. Top bloke.
1: Gonna... Quality bloke. Yeah,
0: stand by. That, he's a, he,
1: look, he's a quality operator. I know. Corey, you're a fine bloke and a t- qu- top operator. Thank you. Thank
0: you very much. Uh, do you care about Julio Cesar Martinez versus Jay Harris for the WBC fly title?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've seen the last two uh, Julio Cesar Martinez fights. They are he's he's a fun ass fighter to watch really? and I don't know much about this this bloke he's fighting, but right. it's it's still going to be worth worth paying attention to.
0: Joseph Parker also on this undercard, 10 rounds heavyweights against Sean Dell Winters. Uh, Rafe, who will be the next big name Joseph Parker fights?
1: Man, I hope somebody. How many times is he going to have to do this? Well, let uh, me ask I don't the, is he waiting?
0: Let me t- let no? me interject. I asked Eddie, I forgot, I wanted to get your take on this. I said, Eddie, how does Usyk fit into all this? He says, Joshua has to fight Pulev next. He says, Usyk's going to fight Chisora in May. And Usyk, if he wins, will get Joshua next, unless Fury or Wilder jump in. So that could open the door for maybe Parker to face... right if all this happens
1: that would make sense and it would be a good fight to you know two of the most mobile athletic sort of you know six three range heavyweights who who can you know box going forward and backwards uh that would be a fun fight
0: indeed indeed um rounding this weekend out rafe no tv on saturday from Hawkinson, delaware Hammerin like the club, Hakasan Delaware, Hockison, Uh Hammerin Hank Lundy will be spinning records against Esquiel Fernandez, eight rounds, lightweights. How is Hank Lundy making 135,
1: Rafe? He stays in stays in the gym, stays in shape. All right. You going to find a stream or what? No. OK, OK.
0: Who will be the next person that sends uh, Cornflake Lamada to hell? I love that kid.
1: He usually, I can't tell if he's, I know he, he lost recently, but he, I don't think he's trying that hard to stay in the mix, right? I mean, his family is in the sport. He, I think they're managers in the Philly area and he can, he can kind of stay on that side of the business, maybe come out when, for a fight when it makes sense, but doesn't have to turn himself into like a, an opponent. You remember
0: the relationship that Howard Cosell had with Muhammad Ali, Rafe?
1: It was, uh, it, was a, it was a storied one. They
0: made each other. I I'd, I'd kind of like to see Eric Raskin and and Thomas Cornflake Lamana develop that same same sort of need for each
1: other. Raskin Raskin walk away from boxing for good after seeing Lamana get brutalized by Avtandil Kurtsidze yes. in a prison fight.
0: Yes, yes. I,
1: I, what about I, Kurtzidze? Could he do the what's uh, the light the light heavyweight guy in Raway?
0: Yes. Uh, uh what's the hell's his name? Uh yeah, I know what you're yeah. All right. I just petered out, all right? I just Sam Petered out. Yeah, yeah. I got nothing left. All right. You already know we're the best. Uh special thanks to Roy Jones, to Eddie Hearn. Please check out Friday Showbox card from Vegas. Saturday, Frisco, Texas. In the zone. It's Garcia and Vargas. You're not gonna want to miss that. Rafe Books, where where will we be seeing you? You have any sets at uh the Laugh Factory or anything coming up?
1: No, I have not. My stand-up career is still on the back burner, Brian, but maybe one of these days. Nah, you can you can find me at the YMCA. <laughs> it's actually
0: true. <laughs> Theathletic.com is where you do find boxing work. Uh, oh, I just finished your Kurt Emhoff podcast uh, on my drive home yesterday. It there was you. a long one. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you. Uh, will you be – Did you um, like that? I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do I have that sound right? Do I? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that shit. Yeah. I don't know, I don't,
1: I don't know that soundboard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, great. That's that's great. Still checking. Okay. Still still don't have it. Yep. Good. Okay. Hey, Rafe, let's end the show, all right? Enough, right? Enough. Um
1: Enough, right?
0: Um oh, are you are, are you how are you competing in the uh in the Detroit basketball scene? As a stretch I'm playing. We
1: got a league starting up on on Sunday.
0: Do they do you can you play? on that level
1: uh what what are you trying what are you talking about brian <laughs> you think yeah what you, do you think i care what
0: what you thought i was i was saying right?
1: <laughs> um I, it depends on what level it is like i'm not i'm 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 playing in like a seniors division i'm 37 years old man right. i'm not trying to I'm, I'm just out there having fun moving the ball and and trying to make, you know, make smart passes, play good D. I I I I ain't out here trying to prove anything against people who are still active ballplayers. Okay. Okay. It's, it's all relative. Now, Dwyer's no, rule ma- of relativity for boxers is that fighters age more slowly in the heavyweight division.
0: You're, you're aging well, though,
2: Rafe.
1: I'm in the heavyweight division, and I don't feel like I'm aging slowly, Dwyer. All
0: right. All right. Um, shout out to, uh, the gypsy crew, the Irish crew, the Alex Godinez crew, shout out to Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, uh, what's up, Homer? Uh, shout outs to Ulrich Anderson, MGC speaks all the brethren, all the, all the weird bros in our family here. All right. Evan corn, right. You got anybody else?
1: Uh, no, shout out, shout out to everybody, man. That's it. Shout out to Brian Campbell. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right. And with that, Rafe, I'm going to give you a chance. As a ginger, right? I am not ginger. To, to to give the fans a message as we close.
1: We out. Rise and
0: shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galato Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news,
1: analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions
0: League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.